Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. Was hard, but not anymore. Thanks to Wondersuite from Bluehost. Answer a few questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically create your website or store. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content, and we automatically help you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode 294 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Garrick, with ACG. Out, dog. <laughs> Out. I, I did that little pause for the pot for the episode number because I saw you lean. I was like, I'm going to wait for him to yeah, pop back into the dude. shot. <laughs> they know, man. It's so weird. It's so I weird. Know. They've started back up. Now that Ming's passed after a while, they've started to pick up his slack, I guess. I don't I know. Guess, man. Somebody said that this morning. We said, uh, Dustin said it was the longest podcast, or some, maybe somebody did, but on, on Twitter he said it was like this long blah 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 and i was like yeah but it's only like 60 minutes of maddie talking you could ignore whenever i talked and then somebody <laughs> else was like and at least half an hour of puppy time and i was like yeah that's yeah that's probably true yeah because we both have dogs that are always in our way <laughs> you're not wrong that's why I, that's literally that's part of the reason i pay for this space that i'm in because the dogs were so yeah. loud and i don't yep. mind them being loud i know the audience has been more than understanding it for me it's i can't focus i Every time I lose my train of thought. It breaks your mentality. That's why I can't have somebody here when I record. I have to make sure the wife is gone. That's why you and I have talked about like, ah, wife's here. Because she'll walk and I can hear the dogs go like, because we have hardwood floors. And I'll tap, 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 Yeah, the clacking. Tap, 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 Oh, it's so, and it sounds so weird, but I'll be like, stop recording. Wait for it to be done. Yep. Stop, everybody. This is Gary. First world problems, but they are problems. No, but you're not wrong, man. The amount I, my bedroom is right above the garage door so you know oh, my family's yeah. living their life so i'll be mid video i'm like i'm in my flow and all here's and i'm like yeah this loud eruption <laughs> of metal clanging below me it's like well the camera's gonna pick that up gotta weigh it out so yeah i feel your pain uh anyway ladies and gentlemen once again welcome to the ham radio podcast this is our weekly laid-back gaming show where myself carrick and usually dustin get together and we just talk all the highlights of gaming in that past week. Uh, Dustin has some Last Stand media work to tend to. He's working on Sacred Symbols. He's rendering and producing stuff, being the big old executive producer at Last Stand Media that he is. So he will not be here for this episode. So you're stuck with just Carrick and I. So we're going to be talking this week, of course, about Bethesda. Dying Light 2 getting an update. That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Square Enix has their own little showcase this month. We've also got your patron questions that you can submit through the Patreon Discord. You can sign up at patreon.com slash Plays, where 370 of you are currently there. Thank you so much. Uh, you get early access to this show every Friday the moment it's done. Kara can attest to the timeliness. I will have that episode up yeah. within about 15 minutes. So it's like, yeah, boom, it's ridiculous. Done. And that's because Ridiculous. it's raw audio, baby. So you get the purest form of podcasting in this show. You really do. You just get two audio files. They get merged into one. Up it I love how Maddie set it up to make it sound like you were doing something positive for him. You're like, <laughs> you get the real us, baby. I you do get fucking nothing. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, but honestly, uh, it works and it makes it timely. But it's also why we don't do early access for video because we're already finishing at like 8 at night. And by that point... Most of you want to have time to listen to the show for the Sunday release. So, uh, yeah, for those of you who want to sign up, link in the description down below. Carrick also has a Patreon where he does very fantastic stuff. Carrick, what, what has been going on over there? 
Um, we have the Sunday streaming group, which has been awesome. Uh, it's a group of the Discord folks who want to learn how to stream, you know, maybe a little less stress. So that's been the big thing that we've been doing. Uh, and uh, hired Abzi. Oh, really? Uh, one of the Discord guys. Yeah, yeah. I hired him about two weeks ago, um, which is project management of like, what am I, you know, like what things do I need to do? This is a good time, right? This is a yeah. good time to like crunch your channel. So yeah. it just been like, you know, do I want to try shorts? Do I want to try this? Do I want to try that? You know, what do we want to do? What do I want to do to make me enjoy it? And then he's technically minded. So that's been, it's been a huge, and he, he like, I, we just talked about this, but there'll be those days where I'm a little slow to like get the, the juice you know, the desire to say something on, on camera. And he'll be like, dude, what's up, dude, what's up, what's up, what's up. And it's, it's, that is a huge, people don't realize it, man. That is a big motivator for me because I don't like to be the person holding people up. And so it's awesome when I have somebody like that. It's, he's been a huge help. He's, he, he was uh, on the channel. He's been on your podcast once, but yes. you, that was the one where you were sick. I was out. Were... Yeah, I was out for that. But we did on? uh we did World War Z together. He was in the in the call. I found that out. Yeah. I yeah. forgot I found the video yesterday and I saw your <laughs> name. So I gotta ask you this. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, that was it. I have no recollection of playing that game with you. None. Really? That was the only time we actually have... played together when I think about it now. It is. And I brought up the video yesterday. I downloaded the YouTube and mm-hmm. it said your name. It's Maddie plays 1887 or so. It wasn't even just, or maybe it was Abzi 1887. And then you're, yeah, mine was you're just Mr. Maddie. Maddie plays. Yeah. Yeah. And I click it and I hear you and I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? And I was DMing people going, does anybody, was Abzi by himself? And he was recording this because I, and then I hear myself pop up and I'm like, <laughs> that is. I do not remember that. I, I actually that just well. told somebody last month we had not got a chance to play games together. That is so weird. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's funny because I remember that My so brain. well because when we were doing it and it was just so natural, I was thinking, man, we have not done this. That, that's what stuck out to me. And especially because it was in a review period. You know, you and I were both reviewing the game. And so it was kind of cool to have this multiplayer game ahead of launch and then be able to hop into a match together as well as with Abzi and, and, and get something going. Like, that was that was awesome to me. So... I do remember that fondly, but I don't blame you for forgetting because it was so long well, ago. Well, what's weird is I say that during the footage because I'm recording raw, mm-hmm. and we at the end say, "Man, that was awesome," blah blah blah. But the I do have a memory of we did a combined No Man's Sky. Do you remember that one? Yeah, we I, did the combined you, review. Yeah, and you know what I did forget? What we what we did together was Forza Horizon Three. That was my first Forza video. Horizon with you on yes. your channel yeah i was i was watching some of that and like you could see dude i'm not saying i look super manly now but like i had no facial hair like it was just <laughs> completely the <different> young maddie <laughs> yeah. un undestroyed by youtube the young happy pad one maddie not rugged. prior to the dark i dark don't have side. The, the rate what do they call them like the, the crow's feet or whatever on the side crow's of my feet, eye when yeah. i smile yeah. it's just like jesus christ anyway long story <laughs> short what am i doing i'm just doing channel stuff Sorry, that's what I should have said at the starting. Some podcasts, nothing, nothing huge. Yeah, same here. Um, you know, I, I've I've been just up to my ears in work on this Xbox filled week, Bethesda filled yeah, week. No it's been so much so that people have been asking me, "Hey, you know, are, are you an Xbox channel now?" And I get it because we do an Xbox show, but 
you know, it, it, to me, it's like I, some people were just tracking like, hey, is this going to be a new thing you're doing? And I'll probably wrap some of their stuff into what I cover because it's more stuff to talk about. And it's relevant to the interest that a lot of my audience has. Um, and plus, I'm interested in it. But I think a lot of people have missed the point of all the companies that Xbox owns that I talked about before any acquisitions took place. And now they're just like, you did all under one umbrella. Someone suggested something fucking incredible, by the way. They were saying, imagine if, because we, and this is jumping ahead in, in the topic, but I just wanted to say it now because I'm rolling a little bit. What if Age of Empires did like a, a Tamriel game? Because. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. Never <laughs> thought about that. Right? Someone Dude, wrote it in the because, comments. <laughs> and you hear people say Lord of the Rings all the time. Mm-hmm. Like people be, but that would be something because remember they did Halo Wars. There's mm-hmm. nothing whatsoever stopping them from looking at that and saying, or even what if it wasn't that as Age of Empires in depth, but what if it was like Elder Wars or something? Dude. Dude. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, I, I saw the comment. That's why I'm ex- <laughs> Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying I saw the comment and I, I wish I had the name, but I saw it went, what the? Because f-? that's a lot of what Bethesda talked about were these crossovers and these ties to series and you know phil saying oh i can't wait to see what we can do with id tech and someone said hey man i'm just saying age of empires tamriel thinking wow that would be awesome i've never really played much age of empires before but you know those types of crossovers and tie-ins that that lights my fire more than anything man just seeing two things come together no what about a fucking like uh (laughs) elder scrolls tactics yes (laughs) dude dude see People don't realize why Let's go. We we got him. Here's the problem. People don't realize. (laughs) So this is the biggest join ever, ever, which is why somebody could think, oh, a lot of channels are Xbox only channels. This is the biggest combination that's ever happened. So that's exciting. Right. Mm. And people can go and watch us talk about Spider-Man if they think we are magically Xbox fans (laughs) Um, or watch my coverage of Master Chief Collection. Uh, Certainly not. But when current when current discussion dictates things that could be absolutely fantastic, then go watch me talk about raving rabbits or you when we discuss the mixture of rabbits and Mario and understand XCOM and understand that those combinations are where the juice for me personally comes. And I told the podcast today on my, on my own podcast, people were like, man, you're really up today. And I was like, you don't understand. I'm up because I have been uninterested overall with the rigmarole of day-to-day who is Tencent buying. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is not gaming as much. And since games are not there and we're all reporting on bad cyberpunk stuff, it dies down. But the combination of excellence is what excites me. And the ability for us to say Elder Scrolls tactics changes the entire future of Elder Scrolls of, of Microsoft and how they do games like that shit. It doesn't matter if you're a fan or you should look at that and go, fuck. What's kind of funny is there is a game called Fallout Tactics that exists. I know. And it's like, I know. Mm, that was your chance to rebrand that and <laughs> turn it into something In more. In Exile, suddenly, that's yeah. what they're doing because they yeah. got the Wasteland 3 thing. Dude, like it's... those are ideas that I bet you Microsoft is patenting as much as possible, so they can't. <laughs> so some fan can't say I came up with that in a YouTube comment yeah. on Maddie's channel. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's good, man. We we, do a pot. Sorry, no, I was just gonna say on we Xbox. Did so much. You sh- 
you should write this down as a subject on Xbox. We should uh, on the Duke. We should do like a half an hour or whatever on combinations. Let's do it. I'm writing on it com- down now. On, yeah, Xbox. Because we got excited uh, on D- Duke yesterday about the same thing, and I can't remember what the combination was that we talked about, but we were both like, "Oh my god, that's I, I, where." Uh, what was it? I, I thought you said something about prey or no. You said I. I forgot what it was. No, uh, no, no. I said it was we was prey. It was something. Oh my god, there's a lot. Yeah, but there is a lot. <laughs> we'll remember after the podcast. But anyway, I'm just saying we should do that on defining Duke. Yeah, that'd be fun. I agree. Um, yeah, so as for our typical intro stuff, you can tell we're very excited about our main subject at hand, so we'll dive into that soon, but as per our usual intro, what we're playing, what we're up to, um, this past week I have been playing Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, uh, I played it a little bit on stream when, uh, Microsoft had officially announced that they bought Bethesda, I did a talk stream, um, because we, we've shut down for now, at least extra slice of ham, just because the schedule was overflowing. There was no extra time anywhere and I wanted to start streaming more. And so that was the logical cut. And we're going to do monthly Q and A's on the Patreon to supplement that, um, along with our bi-weekly patron videos where we have a dragon H two re-review coming and then weekly early access mm-hmm. to the podcast. Uh, but during that stream, I was playing Fallout 3, and I was like, man, this shit feels kind of old because I have been playing it on PC previously through the GOG version, which functions for some people, not all. But for me, it does consistently work there. Um, And then going back onto console, uh, let's just say I'm very excited for whenever Microsoft wants to implement that FPS boost to that game. Funny enough, that's not on Game Pass yet, which I found awfully strange. Yeah, Um, We'll talk about that in a little bit. But anyway, Switch games midstream. Move to Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, a uh, Platinum Games title, uh, and it is where you play as Raiden after the events of Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, and I got to say, it is, uh, it, it is number one, really showing how far that, that company has come. Um, when you look at something like Astral Chain, which I'm a huge fan of, and it's about 20-plus hours of just pure action, some thoughtful in-between moments uh, throughout the combat and exploration and the variety that's offered and how they've really started to elevate their game. And you look at something like Metal Gear Rising, which is excellent still, uh, but it's it's a flashy display of animations with pretty simple combat inputs. And there's no dodge button. There's just parrying, which you, you wouldn't think is a big deal, but it feels like you're glued to the ground. So when you're mid-combo, mm. like a near automata, you can dash and, and you can evade. This game, unless there's a skill I have yet to unlock, which I don't think there is, you cannot evade. So it's a good showing of how far they've come while still being impressed with the game. Because, like I said, 20-plus hours in Astral Chain. This game's like four or five hours. Very, very short. But it has one mechanic that hasn't been used in any fucking game in ever. And it's You know, have you, you remember when, like, riding could slow down time and you could chop horizontal and vertically? Yeah. Yeah. You just chop it up and they'd have, like, a, a combo counter and they'd have a part counter. And I thought that was just awesome. Uh, but we've never seen that mechanic enter any other games afterwards, uh, which I found strange. But I've been digging the hell out of it. And uh, I just started Gears 4 last night. We played for about three hours. We're, we're pretty much already nearing the end of it. We're, we're about to finish up Act 3. And there's like, I think, five chapters in Act 4 and then four chapters in Act uh, Act 5. So after that, we're done. And then we finally move on to Gears 5, which I've been really excited to get around to. That and Hive Busters. Um, so I've just been wanting to play all the Gears games uh, this year. So we're almost done with 4. Going to move on to 5. And once that's complete, this summer, my friends and I are going to dive into Halo. So 
That has been mm. what I've been playing. Um, I know you told us a little bit of what you've been up to, but have you been playing anything else since we last talked yesterday, funny enough? <laughs> yeah, but I do. First of all, yesterday, I mistook you saying Revengeance for that shit zombie one. Mm-hmm. Remember? You told, Survive. I can't remember. Rise, Survive. Surviving. Yeah. Um, with, with Gears, so you've never played. So you've played all of them but five. Am I reading that right? For Metal Gear? No, for Gears. Oh, Gears. For Gears of War, you've played all of them, but yes. five. Yes. I see. Okay. Yeah. Dude, you're, man, how did you miss five? How did you miss five? You're, I, dude, you're, you're in for a treat because yeah. I got to tell you, like, I, again, I still think Gears probably has nailed more than Halo has now when you consider, when you add them all together. Um, mm-hmm. Halo's had a couple missteps, and I think overall Gears hasn't. But, dude, Halo 5's, man, that mini open world thing that they got going is pretty, or I think I said Halo, but Gear, Gears 5, it's 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 awesome. Like, you get on that little airship wing thingy, I don't even remember yeah, what I know you call what you're it. talking about, but. Yeah, and you just, you just roll around with a friend, and it feels a totally different way than the other Gears, and not in a bad way, as in. When I played it, I was like, this works. And mm-hmm. there, there's more city. It, it, it draws you in as a person a little bit more in Gears, which I think is awesome because you start to see, like, the people you're saving. You saw that in a couple where you would go to, like, a place where some people were holding out. But yeah. this has a town, which I, I think really works. But I, what I've been yeah. playing uh, – oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. sorry. I was just going to say, with Gears 4, what's really interesting is I do think this is – I speak very positively about it, and nothing's really changed on that front. But I do think out of the whole series I've played so far that it's probably my least favorite, um, which I found yeah. kind of interesting. Number one, I would agree. the sound, uh, the, the chainsaw sound. Someone made a whole video on it, so I'm probably not saying anything original. But very underwhelming where there was a – a harshness i would say to the audio in 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 a crunch in gears audio and this is more like soft and muted uh which i'm not a fan of um number two is that the robots you fight in the first two chapters they're just yeah shooting robots is never satisfying unless you have laser weaponry where you can kind of shoot their parts off but when you're shooting bullets and you're seeing them dink off there's just less satisfying visual feedback for that to me and it's also you know let's be honest gears about gore as well and when yeah, you have no right. gore it's not as satisfying to fight against. Uh, so I think the opening chapters hurt it a little bit. And plus um, the character development's a lot slower. I've heard five really picks things up though. So it I'm does. not getting down on it uh, because I know that it was their first try with the coalition. And I think they did a really good job carrying the torch. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting now that I've gone through them all in these last couple of months and, and we're going to be moving to five soon right now. I'd say gears Four definitely uh, my least favorite. Yeah, I would I, I would actually fully agree with that. Um, for what I've been playing, more Loop Hero, which is probably my favorite indie game in the last couple of years. I mean, uh, I want to play that so bad. Her Majesty's Bird, the flying game I played last year, the year before, was good. But dude, Loop Hero, it was so funny to have Reg in my podcast this morning go, "Oh my god, I know what you mean now." Because when you unlock a new hero, the entire way the game plays changes. And he was like, he's like, I hear somebody say that, and I think to myself. I'm a warrior, now a magic user. That's what changes. And it's like, no, dude, everything changes. It's insanity how much it changes. And it just, it doesn't look the greatest. So I'll never sell somebody on the graphics. I'm not a SNES so, fan. Not to cut you off. What no. what changes when you, I didn't even know there were different like playable characters or classes or whatever. I just know this is like a roguelite and you, and you 
pick different pieces of the map as it kind of expands and it, it sort of you kit out that character what changes when i'm like a mage versus i'm guessing a warrior the something? entire way the battle changes and then also uh depending on which class you unlock and i haven't unlocked them all um the way you even get items completely changes to oh. where you have to go buy them now versus getting them off animals like it's just oh. it changes the way and then like preventative gameplay pops up as a mage but not a fighter a fighter's got health right but the mage has got these other things that dude it's hmm it's it's so weird it's so because maddie if you ask me to even describe to you what genre this is i would be like it's a play itself it's a play itself rogue like rogue light strategy game that's the many things going on it is the weirdest it's got a oh and a card game i forgot is it like also an rpg i've seen people use that for it too rpg light Mm. for sure because he's only got a couple stats right but that does change then of course when you get a different character but yeah dude it's it's magical like i don't gush over most games and i can guarantee i don't return to games i just don't have time and i've returned to that game somebody brought it up this morning they're like dude you have not shut up about the game for like four weeks like what the fuck Mm -hmm. and that's because that's what i play and maddie you just start i have two i have two i don't know if you have two monitors but i have two one here and Okay, so you could do it on a side or whatever and then work in a window, but I put it on a side monitor and I'll just metagame it and be like, let's see how long I can last. And I'll just be like, and then I'll be doing my own shit looking over because it'll fight in real time. And then you just drag your items onto your guys. He's walking around this loop and you're just like, should I stop as a bonfire? Should I not? Should I stop? Should I not? I'm going to let him go. And then you just watch it. And that's not even a part of the fucking game. What I mean is the devs don't say ignore it, but you have you ever played Progress Quest? When you no, were younger? I remember you bringing that up. I remember you bringing okay, that up. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, I do so like those micromanager playing. kind of play yourself, play self. Like the satisfaction, oh. satisfaction is kind of laid in, in your preparation and and seeing yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I kind yeah. of like that. I, Where you don't have to worry about timing a hit. Like how many times have you got a new combo system in a game and you're like, okay, you have to <laughs> hit at the end of the swing oh this one doesn't care you can can the moves Mm -hmm. and in this game you just don't do that at all it's more it's almost like uh just looking down kitting him out and uh yeah man it's it's awesome and then neo 2 neo 2 is one of my favorite games of all time dude neo 2 i was talking to carlos from g2 sports about it a couple days ago i was like i'm still playing this game Mm -hmm. i'm still playing this game like it's so enjoyable yeah. so enjoyable cannot so recommend that good. enough man that is that is such a good game and it's i get why they're not doing a third but it's such a shame because i would love to see it's them a just shame i would love to see him keep it's, going it's, it's a shame because also i don't hear a lot of people talk about it in the way that i feel in a year it's going to be the cult classic well, in, underappreciated right. yeah yeah 100 i could tell right when i played it too and i saw the chatter online because it's just what it is, is I've been dying for a new Ninja Gaiden title or Gaiden, whatever people say. I think it's Gaiden. Um, I've, been, I've been dying for a new title from them. And what this does is takes a lot of elements from that, a lot of elements from Souls, um, a lot of elements from Dynasty Warriors. And all of these are games I really either enjoy or in the case of Dynasty Warriors, almost this guilty pleasure of, hey, this is really mindless and doesn't require a lot of depth and it's still really fun. And it just mashes all these elements together and it's just it's, it's its own thing. And when you combine yeah. that with its Japanese aesthetic, uh, mythological elements, really good enemy design, 
uh, fun location to explore, a good difficulty curve, and just kind of this sense of replayability thanks to your builds and and some of these cool-ass moves that my friend started playing Neo 2 and he was streaming it to uh, our, our Discord server and I was watching him play. It was Kopi. And he was doing a uh, switchglaive in the high stance. So he's using a fucking scythe. I used the yeah. scythe in a in a mid and low stance all game. All right. game. So he starts doing this spinning move where he's like using it like a like a like a hook and he's pulling enemies in and I'm yeah. like I'm like, dude, that's a DLC weapon. How'd you get that? That's awesome. He's like, that's in the base game and it's the high stance. I'm like what you know it's crazy that he's playing a completely different way with a weapon i use to its fullest on the like throughout my entire 90 hours of the game that's fucking crazy to think about yeah and all of them by the way because of the three stances technically do that especially when you add in another weapon and you add in the skills it's yeah, yeah. i've seen people play a total they'll be like i wasn't good with the odachi or whatever i'm like did you try this and they're like what do you mean where's that and i'm like oh it's to the left of the skills and they'll be like oh shit and they'll do it and suddenly like my god it's now it's completely different and it's like dude i know it's yeah and again i just feel it won't well i hope but i feel like unfortunately timing and capcom's tremendously poor pr we will it it will just die i i don't know how well it's sold who who Uh, sorry who did the publishing for that um Team Ninja I brought, I said, or, or Koei? I brought it up. Home? I brought up the wrong. I think it's Koei, yeah. I brought yeah. up the wrong, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I can hope, but yeah, those but, are, that's what I've been playing, though. All right. Well, with that, let's get into the news. We got a really exciting week to talk about ahead of us. So Bethesda is officially a part of Xbox, um, and honestly, there's just so much to go over. It's kind of crazy. So, of course, we now know that uh, Bethesda games are, are going to be mostly exclusive to Xbox and PC. Phil said that they'll be exclusive to platforms where Game Pass exists. He said this during the uh, Xbox joins or Bethesda joins Xbox roundtable where they clarified a lot of things. They teased a summer event um, and we now have 20 brand new games on Game Pass. We have rumors now swirling about a March showcase from Xbox later this month and that they want to sustain momentum and do small events every single month leading into E3 to excite people, uh, which I think is a great plan. It actually reminds me of what the Nintendo Switch did uh, back in 2017 when it launched. They had a new game, whether it was a port or a actual exclusive launch every month afterwards, and it made it very exciting to Mm. be in the ecosystem. So I think Xbox is honestly taking a page from that playbook. Uh, But right now... Bethesda has joined up. We know exclusives are in their future. We got big Game Pass editions. We know everything else day one is going to be there. They said they're going to honor any contractual obligations. And they said stuff about legacy content. And I wanted to start the conversation there because I was thinking about it last night. I don't know if you had this. I get very excited. It's pretty apparent. And then once I hit the sheets and I'm like, okay, it's time to go to bed. And I wander a little bit in my head. And I started thinking about it. It's like this rabbit hole and you keep going deeper and deeper. 
And where my rabbit hole led me, because uh, I was just very excited about everything, I'm like, what does Phil mean when he says we want to honor legacy games? Um, because I, I maybe I'm just unfamiliar with terminology. I ended up looking it up, and I couldn't really find much on it. Does he mean something like a Doom 3? Does he, does he mean something like older titles? Or does he mean consistent titles like a, a Wolfenstein 2 and 1? Uh, where now the third one will also be multi-plat. Like, that's what I was really digging into. And I, I got to be completely honest, I couldn't find an answer for it. So I want to pick your brain about it a little bit on on what exactly you took away from that statement, then we'll go deeper. Uh, so just re- just listening to the entire sentence and then with Legacy at the end, because he did, that was one of the end things. Legacy usually means to Microsoft. Uh, so you have like, older stuff that hasn't been covered somewhere else so my assumption is you may see let's say like a daggerfall port or something like that you might see those arena there were rumors about arena people wanting to rework on something for that arena multiplayer was another rumor i heard last year but that was prior to even knowing about microsoft Mm -hmm. um and bethesda like them bouncing around uh what i have heard was legacy to microsoft really has nothing to do with let's say fallout 4 and 5 it has to do with Fallout 1 and 2. It would have to do with those games that are legacy that are not... They are basically stating the legacy of all that stuff will continue to be supported and continue to be out there on stuff. So I would assume all ports will not... It, it's not all ports because he also made that very clear. But I would assume that some of... Like if you get an old port of a game could easily be on multiple systems. Mm-hmm. What Microsoft is not wanting to do is say here is a title that really isn't going to sell a bunch and it's only on xbox it makes no sense but what they could do is say here's a port which we know everybody wants to get that will be on everybody's system but fallout 5 will not be Mm, and so to me that's that and that's usually microsoft by the way does term legacy only reason why is because they have multiple versions of their OS. And so you can go back and track what they mean by legacy versus what uh, the word may mean. But because they work on stuff, they just mean the support of those legacy things will not stop. And it, I it, it, I actually took that as a positive thing for those people who maybe wanted a Fallout 3 remaster. Yes. That okay, it, so that's where my that head was, was going. A, okay. Yeah. So if that's a thing, I do not believe... Microsoft has ever stated we're going to hold a re- remake. A re- it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why? It's not going to sell a console, but it'll sell games. And I think people need to understand that Microsoft is in the business of doing both, but they're for sure in the business of their platform, right? And mm-hmm. the idea of saying, hey, man, everybody can get Fallout 3 is a lot different than saying everybody can get Fallout 5. And so I, that's, that's the way I took. And when I looked, I did the same thing you did. I looked up online, but the only, I looked it up as what does Microsoft mean legacy when they talk about OS, because that's the only language they know. Okay. They don't know like normal because they've been around for so long. Their mm-hmm. terminology is not what you and I would use. So that's what I took away from. It. Okay. Yeah. That, see, that's what I was thinking is the, the older stuff, but I wasn't sure. And I wanted your perspective on it before we continued, because a lot of people, are uh, really writing in big time about how we don't see Fallout 3, say, on Game Pass. We have Fallout 4, New right. Vegas, and 76, right. but no Fallout 3. 
Now, my Weird. assumption is maybe – I, I, this would immediately be contradicted because I look at something like New Vegas, which is almost as old. But does this have to, something to do with like a, a musical license thing where you've got to up the licenses on those to put them on Game Pass? Because I believe New Vegas was already on Game Pass for a while. So perhaps when they acquired Obsidian, that was, that was done years ago and that was ready to go. Um, but with Fallout 3 being a clear omission, Evil Within 2 also isn't there. Um and right. So I, One I, of the Dishonoreds is not there. Death of the Outsider. Correct? Yeah. And um, I'm just wondering, you know, I, I wonder what that can be. I don't want to dig too deep on that. I don't think they're they're saying, oh, we're going to do a Fallout 3 remaster. And so we're not going to put the original Fallout 3 on Game Pass because you look at Gears of War Ultimate Edition and they have the original Gears of War there from 360 if you want to play it on Game Pass. Um, I just found it all very interesting how how it's all playing out. Like I thought fallout three would be a guarantee there. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to go ahead and pick your brain a little bit on the legacy content. Cause especially I was getting tweeted at that a lot. Uh, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And so I was, I, my original assumption was maybe this is the, the, the older content uh, is going to still be multi-plat. Um, and it seems like that would be the case. So for those listening, a fallout three master or a, a, a fallout one, two collection, something along those lines. Yeah. Would those be multi-plat. Will... And there's a reason to back that up because Steam now has Forza and it's been two years and Steam just got Forza. Like Microsoft doesn't have an issue with that. Forza Horizon What'd you 4? say? Do you see how many players Forza Horizon 4 has in total? The numbers came out. They've had 24 million players. Like it's the most successful racing game like ever. For it's, Forza 4? Jesus, yeah. dude, it's, it's phenomenal. That's what's stupid is they're going to have a bitch of a time. We can talk about this later. Some companies make a game and you have a bitch of a time afterwards. Witcher 4, for instance, mm. will be hard. Like, what do you do? KOTOR 3. That, Admittedly, mm. that would be difficult. But you can't tell me that like that many on a racing game, that's redonk. And they still support it, by the way, all the time. Like, yeah. the amount of content in Forza is insane. And again, yeah, it's on Steam. Microsoft, in fact, has rolled a couple things out to Steam. Also, not to be too in-depth on this, Microsoft made it pretty clear when they said other platforms, when they were talking about Game Pass. So when you listen to Microsoft, when you listen to any PR person talk, usually you can do comparisons to how they how they categorize different things. Most likely, when he stated legacy content will be multi-platform, one of the things he was indicating is like Forza and multi-platform is Steam. The reason why I bring that up is because he then separated Game Pass into its complete own part of a conversation. Yep. And the reason why you do that is because it has nothing to do with PlayStation. People forget that. It could also honestly do with Nintendo, but that's a whole other yeah. ball game. Um, but it could also be the Samsung rumor that Samsung's got a Game Pass app um, and TVs, uh, but it doesn't always mean console as well. So he did what he said yesterday actually occurred last week, which is Forza going on Steam. So it seems like they're backing that up. It'll be yeah. not, and it'll be nice to see. I want to see Fallout Three on, you know, working. I didn't know it had so many issues. It does. That's I, the thing it, that I found very peculiar. I think if Bethesda is going to touch up any game of theirs, that's the game, right? I think so. Yeah, I, I think that's the one that probably does best for them. I think Morrowind, as much as I would love to see Morrowind get a a full kind of overhaul, you'd have to really tear out the system. You'd have to remake it. Yeah, you would because. A yep. lot of, for example, for those who haven't played it, let's say you want to use a one-handed weapon. If you swing it and you miss, that's it because it's always stat-checking you at, per attack. 
And as your stats get better, you'll connect more. Um, and there are mods that allow you to overhaul that. I play a modded version of Morrowind whenever I do fire it up. Um, but point being is that you, you would have to undo all that skill system and reconfigure how the entire game works. And, and that game is gigantic, especially for its time. So that's a lot more difficult. There's something like Fallout 3. You could get away with, all right, let's touch up the graphics, bump up the frame rate. Maybe add some cut content. Fallout 3 had a decent amount of cut content that you can replace in mods. It's stuff like weapons, armor. Did it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's actually okay. pretty interesting. Sorry. Yeah. I did a, I, no, I did a whole couple of videos on the on the cut content from Fallout 3. If anyone wants to check it out, I would just play through the mods and, and, and look at the new weapons and stuff that were, were added in. Um, they were the same models because they never completed them. So they were just, you know, a, a sledgehammer would just have a different name with different stats instead Mm, Um, but still that that type of stuff tickles my fancy Uh, but I feel like with Fallout 3 you could get away with a a remaster pretty easily the only thing that is an issue is how far they want to take it because Microsoft is for example showcasing FPS boost and we just got the first handful of games that'll be benefiting from the FPS boost um, through through Xbox and uh, it's actually pretty exciting it's Fallout 4 Fallout 76 Skyrim Special Edition, Prey, and Dishonored Definitive Edition. So all these are going to get a boost free of charge. Um, And I thought that this was interesting because as we're starting to see Xbox push technology forward, you're starting to really invalidate um, what a traditional remaster would do. It's begging more from the content side because originally it was enough to say, hey, we're going to bump up the textures, the resolution, and we're going to pump up this frame rate. And that'll be it. You'll be fine, right? Now Xbox is doing all of that free of charge. And you can get all these games through Game Pass. So it's it's an interesting yeah. conversation because they could sort of have a reverse of what Aspire's doing with Republic Commando because they're porting it to PlayStation and Switch. But on Xbox, it's not getting anything. As far as I know, I don't know if it's going to get like an achievement update. But in the terms of how it looks, how it runs, because it's already uncapped. So it runs at 60 on Xbox. It's already been cleaned oh, up through back compat. So it's all it's all fine. Whereas on PlayStation and Switch... You're paying for it because, well, it, it you need to buy those upgrades. So I'm curious to see how that will work. Let's say they do a Fallout 3 remaster. Are they going to say, well, through FPS boost and all of our auto HDR and everything, uh, Fallout 3 is going to look like this and you know you can just update for free. But if you're on PlayStation, you're paying. <laughs> Does that present its own type of issue? I'm just It's because the whole thing with Aspire really shined a light on things. And then you've got Nintendo charging sixty bucks for Skyward Sword HD, but you know whatever. Um, where, what do you make of all that, though? Sorry for the long rant, but it's just you know, like as you can tell, I've been laying in bed thinking about this all because there's just so much to unpack with this deal and the in the future of games remaster, previous content merging with other IP. Well, did so? Okay, so it's Fallout Three, not New Vegas. That's not Three. on there. Three is not on there, correct? And Evil Within Two. Or both? Just Evil Within 2. I have Evil Within downloaded, actually. So Evil Within... Okay. And then and then also Death of the Outsider. Correct. The weird thing about all those is they all share the fact that they're a part of a series, which is weird to me. Because, like, if it was... I can't think of one, but if there was a one-off, you'd be like, oh, technically, there might be this or that. Those three are odd, especially Death of the Outsider when Dishonored is on there. And it's obvious that it's the same graphics. It's the same engine, right? It's the same everything. Has anybody actually asked? 
I mean, obviously people tweeted Bethesda. Has Bethesda answered at all why Fallout 3, one of their premier games, is not? But I will say this before you answer. Mm. People need to remember Microsoft did screw up Fallout 3 completely with games for Windows. Mm. Right? Mm. So is there something going on in Fallout 3 that maybe... Because I don't know if you remember, but Fallout Three, it wasn't Fallout Three. Not only has an issue with games for Windows, but it what there was something with licensing for a while. So maybe that licensing thing is continuing at least on that game, but not with Evil Within Two. There's no licensing for Evil Within Two, and there's no licensing for Death of the Outsider. So why hold those? Like those are three really odd titles. To hold I, I do know the Evil Within has, but this one makes sense because the first one has it that. That cut from that song, um, the the piano that plays when you're in like the uh, in the first one, you're in that kind of like prison area, um, the hub area where you sit in the chair and you upgrade your character. And, you know, it's like that. Dun, dun, okay. Dun. Yeah. You mean that song? Yeah. Is that a, is that holding up like the Evil Within 2 maybe? Where I don't know why one would it, be there. But you said it's in. Yeah, exactly. That's so, what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I it's don't just, know. Man. It's just an idea. Um, and I was just double checking to make sure and I don't see anyone really saying why officially fallout three is not on game pass and so people are are looking forward to it there's tons of like tweets of of folks saying like oh i can't wait to try out fallout three on game pass but no one's really answering why it's not there I gotta, I'm, I'm just gonna look and see if like i'm missing something and now it's a little more interesting because as i wait. said sorry okay you might be saying the same thing I'm going to say. Go ahead. I just I, saw something pop up. I was just going to say it's it, it's it's interesting just because 76 and Fallout 4 have 60 FPS. Which I think is different All from right. what you were going to say. So here's a yes. Fallout 3 was on Game Pass. Huh. So it's off? Fallout 3 has been removed from Game Pass and it looks like it was removed March 18th, 2020. So hmm. it is there is absolutely no licensing reason that that was removed. Or, sorry, at that time... Okay, wait a minute. Fallout 3 and Oblivion both got removed. Oblivion's there now. At that though. time. But Oblivion's back. Hmm. Okay, that might be... There's only two ways to go about it. One, it's licensing. Two, they're redoing something. Like, right? Like That, that would be, be my um, assumption. But what if they... What if they were like... Boom, mods are mods work in Fallout 3 with Creative Club. Because it's currently not, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why I bring that up is because that would be Bethesda probably trying to work it into Creation Club because it's already got their other games. But Volume. it's it's currently not mod supported, right, on console? Or it, it, no, like if not. I have the disc, dude. What if they were like, we're testing out mods, you know, because Metro, we talked about this in Defining Duke. Metro, those guys are like, hey, man, they contact us about mods. I found out from another developer yesterday who will announce in the next couple of weeks that they were talking about mods. Mm-hmm. So mods might be a thing. We, I mean, this could all be licensing, ignoring that for a second. Um, it could also be that maybe they're, you know, putting a front end together for something because Evil Within has mods. Uh, Death of the Outsider. Does the article you're looking at mention that it's on PC Game Pass or is it just console? Because I think this, they were hitting on something with games for Windows Live. I, I forgot about that because anytime I play it, I mod it just it out. says removed from Game Pass, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yes, game for Windows Live was a 
biatch and i believe it was uh, this was talking about the xbox only version saying it was there and now it's gone i don't know if it was was it ever on pc version of game pass yeah because i think if it weren't there that would make sense because i feel like that would need to work around it somehow um yeah and that was the licensing issue because they can't crack it by the way yeah because if they do then everybody would have it you have to build in a new whatever like a new security around it so i yeah i don't know i don't it could be games for windows lies cause live caused a lot of issues for fallout 3 man yeah because you couldn't even sign in i remember people just oh dude what (laughs) a disaster playing on pc hardly it's ridiculous so what does it do does it just crash out if you try to play it? Yeah, if I load it up on, say, Steam, it'll crash out. On GOG, I want to... See, that's the thing. That's funny. Now that I think about it, on GOG, I hit play, and that's it. It's open. Well, GOG, their promise is no DRM. Yeah, I was going to say. I felt it was connected to that, but... Microsoft's promise is for sure DRM. So <sighs> just so you know, Game Pass is... I'm sorry, uh, Windows Store and all that. That And their new format for files, as modders have bitched about for a while is anti-adjustant, you know, and and anti-piracy. So maybe, yeah, maybe there's something there. I don't know, man. It's weird. Those are weird titles. It's Fallout 3, dude. There isn't a weirder title. It would be Skyrim and Fallout 3. Yeah, that's why Either one of those... hmm. It's it's just very one of those two. It's, it's very peculiar because you bring up a good point with the modders. I've been contacted by a lot of modders over the last number of months with the Bethesda thing because they're worried that so many people are going to get the game through Game Pass that modding will be very difficult for them because, like you said, you can't really tamper with oh. the files. It's a completely different process compared to when you oh, own the game. Sorry, what's up? I, I apologize. That popped during my podcast. They're moddable. I forgot. Oh, really? Yes, the Game Pass ver- Give me one second. I was in the middle of my podcast, and somebody's like, holy shit, those are moddable. I know they're they moddable. DM'd I don't me. think they work the same way as, say, if you were on Nexus and you you were going through oh, your Steam okay. version. Yeah, because like, apparently it's a lot more difficult is what I was told. It but, is. Yeah. It is definitely more difficult on Windows. Yeah, Store, yeah. and so because like in, in your Steam version, you just drop into your data folder most times, or you literally have a installer that'll do it for you, and that type of stuff yeah. is great. But that is an, an, another concern for the the future of Bethesda <laughs> games, which I've I've been told by a lot of monitors they're worried about. So I get why Xbox has it locked down, but um, hopefully enough people buy the game so that people can engage in mods a little bit more. I'm sure Bethesda wants that because it gets people to try it on Game Pass and then eventually buy in and have the game, which is kind of the the goal of Game Pass. You know, compel yeah. you to go beyond the rental, pretty much. Um. But yeah, uh, overall, what do you, uh, moving on, we have 20 of these games on Game Pass, but what I thought was more interesting is Phil's terminology when he said that uh, we want these games exclusive on platforms where Game Pass exists. Uh, His new way of speaking is referring to Game Pass as not a service, a part of a platform, but a platform in itself. And I thought that was really, really interesting because it puts the heat on PlayStation in a fucking stroke of brilliant kind of way where you think to yourself if they're sitting there and they they want xbox or uh, i'm sorry uh, bethesda games and i guess in turn xbox games you gotta allow game pass on um and i just thought that that was a really interesting approach to things because it was almost a snide i don't like to be antagonistic like not a call out but a you know this is how it's gonna be if you go if you if you want these games you have to have to have game pass uh and so if playstation wants them bad enough that's how they'll get them uh, and I'm sure Xbox would be more than open to that because that'll be a ton 
a ton of revenue in their pocket. But PlayStation would clearly never do that, um, which I think leaves them in a, a position where we're not going to really see much in the in the sense of uh, Bethesda games on PlayStation in the future. Uh, but what do you make of Game Pass becoming so big that it's it's this platform now? Like, it's it's that gigantic at this point. He breathes. He ponders. Well, I just read something while you were talking, so uh-huh. it just got bigger. Oh. But somebody just leaked a email where it says a new game's been confirmed. Come into the service. Keep it confidential. Has anyone else noticed a mysterious signal appearing in the distance lately? Or am I an anomaly in this situation, which is the wording from Outriders, Square's new game? Hmm. And that Melissa, the head of PR, just leaked that. So if Outriders comes, then I guess Sony and Nintendo have to do something. I mean, it's so I mean, what where are we at now? I'm, like that, wow. and now it's stupid. It was already stupid this morning, but it's like at some point. I would assume, like, if you're discussing, like, what other companies can do and whatever, I, I just think that um, one big thing Sony needs to do, especially if Outriders comes, and that's on Game Pass, that's ridiculous. I, I think Sony needs to relook at their entire way they do their online service. Do you want me to send you that tweet? Yeah, I was actually just, I had my head Sorry. down, I was looking for it. DM it to me on Twitter, because I have my phone. I forgot my iPad today. Yeah, no worries. I'll do it right now. Um, So... I think that what you what what I would like Sony to do is um that's DM to you. What I would like Sony to do now is they don't need to one for one because they've got their own shit. They've got amazing stuff. What they need to do is continue to fix their online service. So PSN needs to be, you know, continually restructure that, make sure that they're always offering really, you know, really amazing stuff there. And then in all honesty, I would like to see them do some. So, so Sony's always been really good with third-person action adventure games. You've got your Horizon Zero Dawn, your Spider-Man. What I would like to see them do is something a little bit different, but still give whatever different thing they're doing the same kind of attention. And I think that's where Sony can can end up nailing it is they don't all have to be third person action adventure games. They don't have to be your, your tomb Raider, Mm. you know, style of cut. I would like to see them look more at racing. Sony got rid, they've got Gran Turismo, but they got rid of drive club. And I think Gran Turismo has its own layer of, of technical cake to get through. I'd like to see them do that. Also, nobody's pioneered the fighting game right now. There's nobody yeah. who's sort of leading the charge on the fighting game. And um, I think the fighting community is just now starting to figure out COVID. So I would like to see Sony or Microsoft embrace the fighting community. Um, and I'd like to see a couple fighting games. I don't know if they'll be exclusive, but I think with Sony, they don't really need to do anything as much as just continually impress people with like Horizon Zero Dawn and that kind of stuff. They've got their own thing. Um because it's hard to keep up with Game Pass. Game Pass now seems to be its own thing. And am I wrong on that? Because even the people in the tweet are stating Outriders. Yeah, I was literally looking at that right now. Some people said maybe Mass Effect because of the anomaly and and that's oh like, my yeah. god! What if the Mass Effect trilogy is on there? The Legendary Edition, yeah, because they already have Mass or Effect or EA Play. So. They do. Yep. It. So here's mm. the thing: whatever option is the one that's coming is the new game. So it's either Outriders or it's Mass Effect trilogy. 
I would be legendary edition. I'd be so shocked if her Outriders, because Square Enix has seen seem to be all PlayStation lately. And I get it. Like you want more people to play Outriders because Outriders, I think their demo had twenty two two million players, and that's good. But two million people downloaded a free couple of hour thing. I, I imagine just by how numbers work in general, I don't know if you're going to see more people buy it than that. Uh, maybe that's a bad assumption on my part. Um, no, it's not a bad assumption, and I do Game Pass works for online games. So yeah, that's it what I'm saying. I, I, it it seems like maybe an opportunistic move by Square Enix. Uh, you know, certainly I don't want to read too deeply between the lines because we were just. You know, I bet. I even I said it uh, last year. I thought Bethesda was really reaching hard by saying Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo were these uh, exclusive games. I thought it was kind of weird because they were on this roll. And then suddenly they have these two brand new IPs and they're like, yeah, these are both PlayStation exclusive. Um, Where um, then we didn't expect any type of Bethesda Xbox deal to go through and suddenly it does. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just strange, man. That's just weird news to pop while we were in the podcast. I was about to say that said an hour ago. So that must have been right when we started. Which is kind it of was it was yeah I, I actually got a dm where somebody's like does this mean outriders and i'm all i mean you're right the anomaly in the distance yeah i don't know man i mean uh, again it's one or the other right i'd say and so, both yeah. of them are new so it's like that's a that's a, a huge get like that's yeah that's a really good point no matter what it's kind of a day one win for whoever wants to try it out exactly exactly it's like if if it's Mass Effect, that's huge. I'd be so shocked for them and MF. Effect, and though. if it's, dude, I wouldn't. I see. I EA like... worked with fucking Microsoft three years prior to PlayStation. Two years, sorry. That's they true. were on. They were combined with Microsoft for two full years. Yeah, so it's just wow. You know, Mass Effect is going to sell so well. You'd imagine. Not that it's always about sales. Just it's already such a widely known thing. I feel like the new IP would want more people on board and more that that'd be my prediction i would love to see mass effect there because i've been pioneering the the the, or or, or parading all over my channel of how good i think the series is and you know there's an audience there that's hungry for more and so to get that to more people is also excellent um it'll be very interesting to see for that though that's that's a good thing to have break during the show good thing you brought that up yeah that was yeah i'm glad i'm glad i saw that yeah uh, when it comes to the summer showcase, that was teased as well during this uh, Bethesda joins Xbox roundtable. Uh, they said that they're looking into something. They're in the planning phase right now. And so the rumor has been that they are going to do a one-two punch, Xbox and then Bethesda, um, with back-to-back showcases on sequential days. Um, what do you think would be the, the best route? Not to turn this into an interview. I feel like I'm just saying things and then asking you your thoughts, but... What do you think is the best route for these companies moving into reveal spaces, keeping them separate or putting them together or case by case, as Phil would say? Or not those three. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, what well, depends if it's just Bethesda and them, but there's all these other. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to summer. So I would like I would like any company. If there's a summer showcase, this will be all their. In- this will be other indies, right? It's not just going to be Microsoft, or is this Microsoft exclusive again? Is this Microsoft stuff? Just micro? The summer showcase? Yeah, 
it's expected to be just Microsoft and then Jesus. Bethesda. I mean, Microsoft definitely has enough to show off on third party and first party exclusive capacity. That's what I think. So we talked about this about a year ago where I was saying that I don't think people understand how games are released, where it's like leap years. Well, you do because you cover a, a, a Bethesda where you're like, OK, so every four years. Right. And so or, or whatever. And you sort of know their time. What was going on here is last year and the year prior was like Sony. And then this year is obviously and next year look to be like Microsoft, you know, just because of how years work and how development works. They've got so much to show things coming around the bend for sure. Yeah. And who's developing what? But they've got so much to show. I would like whatever they do show at the summer showcase to be surprising stuff that maybe. It would be sort of cool to see Microsoft is big on showing like some of these smaller games like an Ori. Well, that's not small now, but it was small then. For sure. And then uh, uh, Cuphead. I would like to see Microsoft what they're doing on the side that isn't called Bethesda. See, it's funny you bring that up because I'm sitting here thinking that. I wonder if Microsoft is going to reach for an announcement involving Bethesda. Um, by that, I mean, because we've seen them kind of announce shit way too early, in my opinion. And I feel like of anything you're yeah. going to announce early, something from this partnership would probably be a good move because people want to see it. They want that immediacy. Not that I want them to ask, act hasty. I think them being patient and playing the long game is paying off now. But we've seen them announce Fable way too early, um, mm-hmm. Hellblade 2 way too early, where these games just appear and you're like, oh, it's happening. And then it's gone for a while. I think... We, we, we'll, we'll keep our Fallout or Elder Scrolls tactics examples going. I think if one of them came out and said, like, we're doing this, and it was just a pure concept trailer, that would be actually really awesome, I think, because it would show like, be even... where, what's something that's coming between the both of us now. Yeah, and it would be cool if it wasn't the ones we know about. Mm-hmm. So, like, what if they were, like, Daggerfall remake or you know i don't know i'm imagine i I don't know all but bethesda by the way and you know this but bethesda's published some weird ass games in the years ago we love rogue warrior and yeah right like there you (laughs) go like what if they were like yeah rogue warrior three i don't know it's probably on three but can you imagine because i don't think i game pass ignoring that for a second just because that you could say oh rogue warrior 3 could possibly benefit from that whatever everything can but i think that one thing i would like to see and it feels like bethesda is okay with doing is occasionally doing something that's like you know off to the side not what's expected so yeah that would be cool i would love to see i would love to see something that is not just called skyrim you know or or fallout something that i you know i don't know that i don't have their ips in front of me but there's there's enough there they did barbie i think <laughs> i could be wrong on that but they've done some crazy shit it would be cool they did terminator like dude there's there's so many games that these companies sony nintendo all sit on and we all sit here and go man i wish they'd do it and then we also celebrate their skyrim twos you know or remakes <laughs> it would it, but it would be cool in the summer showcase to see something crazy i agree uh, what you're saying well that they might reach and do bethesda i was going on what i would like to see right versus what i think we'll probably see i would love to see support for games that you just don't oh, like agree. just yeah. wouldn't just to to make everybody go what we don't have that right now 
I mean, this is a what this this mm-hmm. this combination and all that stuff. Would love to see it from a company. Just have everybody. You know, I felt that way with R- Raven Rabbids, where I remember going like, "What the fuck," you know, and I. I that one didn't even really capture me instantly, but I was still like surprised. I like to be surprised and I feel like we're not much. It'd be fun to see at Microsoft's event. Raving rabbits is just a not. Talked I know I brought about it enough. up three times. No, already. I'm just saying it's, 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 it's only on our show. It's not talked about enough publicly on how monumental yeah. of a fucking moment that game was. It really isn't. And so I'm, that's why I think you and I have this kind of childlike excitement for Bethesda and Xbox because Xbox seems to like to say, hey, let's take these two things that make no sense and put them together. Let's do Halo Wars. Let's do Gears Tactics. And then Bethesda has had a willingness to try, albeit not not what I think has been well-executed experiments, but Fallout Online. Let's try Wolfenstein, but it's co-op. Well, Fallout Shelter is super popular, right? Yeah. I mean, Blades is probably still popular. Blades is popular. Blades is such a good-looking game for mobile. It's a shame that they just, like, really... Monetize the shit out of that, right? They they bottleneck the fuck out of you. Once you, like, get in there and you start moving with the systems and you start building parts of your town up, it just immediately just narrows, and you're like, you got to wait, or you got that cash. Come on. The summer summer event, um, I don't know what this entails because I haven't really tracked anything about Microsoft in the summer event, but I would would love to see also Microsoft... um, aiming for things that they are way ahead of everybody else. For example, uh, the uh, accessibility controller. I would mm-hmm. like to see them. I would like to see showcases on that because a lot of times you'll see the accessibility controller. Those people who have accessibility issues definitely enjoy it. It's awesome. They And they f- for sure should. I would like to see how. And I would like to see Microsoft do even more of that because that's where one place where I feel that maybe Sony and Nintendo don't get it. I could be wrong, but I just feel like they don't, they're always behind Nintendo. Let's talk about Nintendo for they're behind on everything. They don't even understand how to do online. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, like for for example, the switch has nothing. It doesn't even help able-bodied gamers. We have difficulty holding it, right? Like it's got all these issues. So Nintendo, what if they were like, hey, here's cradles, here's different things that you like, it's just not supported. And I have friends who have physical disabilities mm-hmm. and it bothers me that somebody has to play. Not that they have to play the Xbox. The only place they can go is that they actually cannot go currently to a switch or a PlayStation. And so I would in the future, I hope those other guys do that, too. I think that'd be a big deal. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one thing that. I've always admired about Xbox is that accessibility controller is kind of a, a, a thing of magic. And for a lot of people, it, it is really a special tool. And um, they've made some good Xbox Wire articles highlighting it. And I think they've got their head in the right place there. Um, they've also made some updates to their Windows Store and stuff globally. I saw Windows Central Gaming oh. make a article about it, which made it a lot more accessible globally. Uh, where you could select Mm. languages in the store and that type of stuff that was previously not there. And that's a pretty big omission years later. So it's, it's good that they finally got around to it where I think they are trying to, I think it's very telling as they explain, expand, I almost said expand as they expand uh, much more that uh, they can tell their reach is getting there and they need to have these types of things in place, you know, have accessibility for those who maybe aren't able and have, um, what's it called? A store that, 
should it should have been like this what this way so i'm not going to pat them on the back too much but a storefront that is much more accessible to different audiences around the globe and that could be telling for future moves right something like uh bringing in more japanese gamers through sega as a lot of us have assumed <laughs> i well and that's the thing is i just don't think the console manufacturers have been forced to do it and it, I PC dude PC I can find anything Maddie so for example I have I should bring it out one of these days I will but I have like a 100 button USB device it's just what? 100 buttons <laughs> no keys it's just 100 buttons and I can macro anything oh, okay anything the inability to like do that kind of stuff on consoles is the very fucking reason why a number of people have to do the PC stuff and why you see PC builds for disabled uh Differently abled, I think is what we're saying. Differently abled uh, people. And I just think all that kind of stuff. Did you see somebody beat Last of Us blind? Did you see that shit? Yes, actually. You can. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, like, Last of Us has of fantastic things. accessibility options. Last they of Us really is fucking job. awesome. Yeah. It's got like all the colorblind settings. It's got the sound. It's got, I think he played it by sound. I could be wrong, but I think the last of us, like they use like an echolocation. If you're, if you're blind and vibration, like dude, I don't know. That's That's, phenomenal. I give them credit for that. That's awesome. So do I, because how many there admittedly it's business, you know, but I mean, how many people out there, you know, don't have, and there's a lot of military people I know where they like, you know, they're hurt in the military and they get home And it's people don't realize like you and I can grab a book, right? And read. And as somebody who lost their vision, I can tell you there's nothing worse than suddenly being blind. It's ruinous. Like if that had lasted much longer for me, it would have been a disaster. And these people, they come home from a war or whatever. They can't, you know, there's certain things that they can't do. And other than PC, there's nowhere for them to go. And I think it's time for that to switch. Also voice commands. Hmm. Like that's another thing. Mike, Sony, dude, Sony's got this PS5. You have the PS5, right? Yep. Okay. So the PS5 is pretty awesome controller. Everybody likes the uh, dual sense, the adaptive, but it's got a mic, right? Why does, why does Sony not say we're going to turn off trophies? Admittedly, you don't have to, but you can say we're going to turn off trophies, but you can use voice commands for some stuff that's really, you know, like, cumbersome or whatever for somebody to hit buttons those kind of things i, I just know ps4 had voice commands i don't know if five does because what happens is ps4 i'll like mm. put my controller down and i'll see everything highlight and they'll say speak what you want to do and you're right you're I right i don't maybe know maybe ps5 right yeah okay. i don't i don't know if ps5 has it but i also don't know what button i press to bring it up which is you know, i don't really need it so that's part of the reason why but um yeah, that's one. I, I don't know if PS5 actually ended up packaging that in. I don't know. PS5 kind of launched with some weird omissions. You know, one of them being <laughs> holding the, the PS button to turn it off. That was uh, a pretty significant one oh, to, to just forget. Dude, it's so weird. It's so weird. And, you know, they have the hardware issue. And then Microsoft's recording sucks. Microsoft is Windows, guys. How they couldn't figure out that you shouldn't be able to record longer than like 30 seconds <laughs> is beyond me. Like these, both these systems for supposedly being delayed have insane emissions that point to them not that not being the issue. It, it's, yeah. it's very odd they in, just in some are of stuff forgetful. And Switch think. has nothing. Yeah, Switch has nothing. 
I'm trying to think. Is there um anything? Let's see here. We have Game Pass exclusives, Windows Central Gaming Summer Event. Uh, I feel like we've we've touched on everything. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was a good talk. Let's move on into our next bit of news. Let's talk about Dying Light Two. So, for those who have not been paying attention to Dying Light Two, this is a game that's been gone for a while. It's undergone a lot of circulation of staff, so to say, people leaving <laughs> in in mass, and so uh, it's been it's been not a, a a smooth sailing ride for them since their their big reveal to the public. And I saw this game behind closed doors at 2018. I was really excited about it. Um, but what happened was. Today, as we uh, got ready to record this show, there was a Dying Light 2 update on Twitter. They said, we've got a few words to share with you about the Dying Light 2 development process. Be sure to be with us next Wednesday. Want to see it first? Join our Discord server at discord.gg slash dying light. So this sounds like a new reveal of some kind a update of course as they say on the development process but it sounds like that when you first read the the two sentences we have a few words to share with you about dying light Two. be sure to be with us next wednesday it sounds like oh boy this might not be good but they're saying want to see it first see it as in something first do you think it may be the trailer or a update of of, of some kind on a release date. What do you think is going on? Because when we last talked about this, it was on Defining Duke. I, there was a huge write-up. It was just two weeks ago when uh, Fighting Cowboy, or sorry, two episodes ago when Fighting Cowboy was on. And um, I went through the whole thing, and there was a lot of disgruntled employees who were saying that the the, the head of, of the studio was like taking ideas that they saw through games like The Witcher and changing development and the story had been written like six times over. And there was a joke in the office that an idea that went through a month ago could be pulled out. And so it seems like a game that was in disarray. So a lot of people were very excited about this, but I also think it's a lot of people who missed that story. So if you have yet to see it, uh, it is a big write up by the gamer. Uh, It's it's of course a news outlet for gaming. Uh, Go ahead and read their whole entire piece on dying light Two. They interviewed a ton of people including the man being accused for disrupting development which i thought was pretty good journalism there because oftentimes they just say here's the bullshit here's what's yeah. happening and that's, that's a good it. point and they just leave that to good respond point. publicly later in this case they were like hey dude you got people talking some shit what do you think about this and so uh he defended his actions um saying that uh development is like this and that you know sometimes it's it's chaotic and you know tried to lay down some line of protection to himself. There's also another issue where he had hired his wife to do HR. And sometimes people would hesitate going to the husband for the idea. So, so they go to her and they would hope that she would go to him and convince him of these ideas that people had for the game. <laughs> so it's a very strange development uh, for a game. And of course, not all of us have eyes on the walls inside some of these studios where maybe this is uh i want to say common but weird scenarios like this pop up more often than we think but definitely very strange and so with all of that now we know hey we're getting some more words as techland would say on dying light 2 where is your interest level for this game as it stands it was zero until you just stated that they say see it first mm. so they say that Yes, it says, want to see it first, join our Discord server. 
dude, then it can't be what I thought it was. That did, makes no sense. Uh, what I told you prior, what I you thought it was, so. that's impossible. It, it doesn't make any sense. It can't be like a delay. Want to see it? Unless they're saying want to see the video first, but man, that's just horribly written if they're saying that. Like want, want to see want the to video see, about our delay first? Yeah, I was going to say want to see our delay first. I mean, I, I wouldn't be yeah. shocked. That's why I said you were like it can't Come be that. I said Discord. don't be don't be too surprised. It's the games industry. I always say yeah that, that it's the one industry where things will happen that make no fucking sense. Yeah, admittedly, and, and they happen does. consistently where it's like oh this is the very obvious move. We shouldn't word it this way. Want to see it first for our delay notice? I'm going to assume it's positive. I, I will I'll come out of this a, one. Yeah. I'll, I'll bet that it is positive just because of what you just read, which I somehow missed want to see at first. My assumption is it will be a want to see what it looks like now that Chris Avalon's stuff is removed, and it'll be a sort of a Dying Light 2 trailer remix. Mm -hmm. yeah. I could be wrong, but I'm going to go with that just because that writing makes no friggin' sense if that's not what it is. Funny enough, Xbox responded to this saying we'll start shambling that way now what yeah and i i don't know man i'm just saying there's been connections to them in techland for a while and uh i don't want to speculate too weird. hard but yeah i don't want to speculate too hard but i don't know man with those rumors popping up does does mike okay so this with the outriders thing is oh wait you know what Dude, if I'm wrong, I think I'm right. I think the following, which is DLC for Dying Light 1, mentions a beacon. And so what we may be seeing is what I thought was Outriders could be Dying Light. Give me one second. Dying. Yeah. That Do you see what I'm be, saying? Yeah. yeah I, I, man, it's been Dying a while. So I, have, I played a, a demo for the following, but not a full, not the full thing. Yo, the amount of people so, who are just like, I'm reading replies and they're saying like, buy Techland and fund them. Like, dude, what the fuck? No. <laughs> people need to stop this. They need to cut it out. I guess I'm wrong. Beacon's not mentioned in Dying Lights. Like, you know, the overall narrative. I just typed, uh, I'm looking for like fiction. Hmm. And that just uh, happened now while we were in the... This uh, was... Well, yeah. This was a couple hours ago. This one, I saw. I saw. Hey, Dying Light Two news. A couple of people tagged me in it. It's like, all right, cool. But now seeing Xbox respond, I feel like paints a whole layer on it. Or we'll go with this. It could just be positive, and it could just be shown on Xbox Series X. Hey, all I'm saying is maybe they. We, we talked about that summer showcase, and we also talked about a March event for Xbox. It is possible that this yeah. does have an extended preview there with a like it's coming to Game Pass or something along those lines. Hmm. I think people need to be prepared. I saw somebody bitching about this on one of my videos or one of my comments. People need to be prepared that for at least a week or two, there's going to be some confusion on what is what because a big news broke. And there were some people who were surprised. I, we weren't, but there were some people who were surprised. And it's going to take a while to figure out what is a tweet anymore. <laughs> You're not the right. honest, right? It, so when combined media events happen, that can be confusing. So this could be nothing. What I was going to ask was, does Microsoft frequently 
tweet, retweet, or respond to third-party games getting random trailers. And I've never seen that before. What I mean by that is, has has Sega said, here's the new, or Bandai said, here's the new EDF, and Microsoft says, beaming up, Mm. we'll be on our way. I do not think Microsoft normally responds to third-party games in that way. I could be wrong. Maybe they do. But that's where there's some confusion. So people understand when they're listening. It's it's a, it's a little confusing to know what Microsoft does and what's, what any of these companies do. And maybe it means nothing. That's another thing. Mm. It'll just take a while for us to figure it out. Hmm. What? I'm just, Did something else pop up? No, no, no. Oh. I'm just like, it's exciting at the end of the day. It's exciting. It's very exciting. A lot of, I think the energy would be different in this case if it were PlayStation. Be like, okay, cool. But because we've had this... We went through, okay, went through a whole generation, myself included saying this, of the words, Xbox has no games. To see them kind of get aggressive, and I don't want to assume too deeply with Dying Light 2, but we have heard rumors. Um, But I I really do think, you know, it's it's fun to see them go after some some things. And um, because I I think it makes it a more interesting generation, right? I mean, we went through a, a whole... Okay, look, Game Pass is fantastic. Wonderful service. Best service in gaming. Um, and it carries a lot of weight now, especially for Microsoft at this point in time where it's, it's more exciting than ever. But throughout the whole generation, at the end of the day, people care about games as well. And so, not that Microsoft didn't have good games. They did. They had Ori. They had Gears Tactics. Microsoft Flight Simulator last year. Um, they had, I thought Sunset Overdrive was great. I mean, they, they did have some some good games throughout their generation. But of course, PlayStation was kind of beating them over the head for, for most of that with their exclusives. So it's just really nice to see them look at some talent and say like, Hey, what can we do to start competing um, and start rewarding our player base? Cause I feel like they were kind of being negligent. They were, they were doing some right things, setting up a value package. I thought all access was great. I think game pass once again is great, but it's been really nice to see them say like, okay, now let's deliver on you've invested in our system for its value. Here are some goodies only only you will get at least for a time period which has been long overdue yeah and all these will be available on old systems too uh sony microsoft which is also a big positive because microsoft's done the series x and playstation's done the playstation 5 but 95.9 percent, maybe 98 percent of all the games that are being announced are still on all of them which is sort of cool too Somebody doesn't have to jump if they don't want to. Um, I think I think it's just going to take a little while. It's, it's a lot of chaff right now yeah. of figuring out who's doing what. And in uh, Sony trying to buy the Starfield, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the Starfield exclusivity. One thing people don't remember is there was a lot of bogus rumors about Sony spending way more than there were. And by the way, some of these were from huge uh, PR people, uh, sorry, journalists who were like, oh yeah, Sony's spending more than Microsoft combined on blah, 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 and all this stuff. And, and the Bethesda stuff kept getting pushed. People are like, nah, it's probably not happening, blah, blah, blah. I think you're probably seeing a push-pull where Sony has been out there, and we're going to get some announcements from Sony, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. But I think you do see something unique playing out where Nintendo's direct... It's almost like they're not ready for a new system yet. Or not a new system, I'm sorry, a new gen. 
Nintendo's Direct was pretty laid back. And like you said, Nintendo did what Nintendo does. And they're like, eh, here's a here's a report for 60 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And then Sony says, here's a state of play. And they don't really do anything there. They did do the Final Fantasy, but they also paid for the exclusivity of Final Fantasy as a whole as well. And we haven't heard anything about the Xbox version of that yet. So... It's interesting because I think what we're seeing is just timing on some of this stuff where it's coming up and it just seems like Sony's not doing anything. It'll be very cool to see what Sony has, you know, worked on in this entire interim because they're not going to stop. And then you see Microsoft getting Major League Baseball or whatever that Sony game is. Uh, Showtime. The show. show, Yeah. The show, which has never happened. Uh, You see Sony going on PC. People don't realize this is a, we are entering 2021 end of, and then 2022 is going to be a different console situation than ever before. Mm -hmm. Because you had streaming, you had Sony on PC, which has never happened before. It just hasn't. And it is now. There's a reason why. Because the console gamer is no longer enough for any of the companies, including Nintendo. So we're going to see what they try to do it's just it's going to be awesome Hmm. dude nintendo's not gonna i mean you know they get away with it right and they (laughs) sell they sell but at some point people will go game pass all these games bethesda games right sony exclusives uh spider-man 2 whatever switch low power old games or reboots that are 60 that I've played no online that works. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it, it might take a while, but there will be a time where people, because by the way, the N64 didn't sell well, the Wii U didn't sell well. It's not like, it's not like Nintendo hasn't faced failure. People will get fed up. And especially when all these other companies are adding um, value, it just feels like we're coming into something huge for gaming, huge, especially with Sony doing PC. Yeah. Yeah, dude, Sony yeah. doing PCs <laughs> legit. Like, ignore Xbox for a second. Sony doing PC, never, never, dude. I remember an XPR person for Sony going like, console exclusive. Those games can't even be done on any. And this PS4, by the way, they were like, never be done. It's impossible. And now, here we are. I mean, it possible. seems so obvious because I feel like half of it was a pride yeah. battle. It seems like, it was, oh, it was, it, it was. It, you know, th- these games are no longer selling. And I'm sure for once, maybe shareholders could have benefited, like maybe had some positive input of, hey, you could be making a lot more for all of us if you decided let's move these to PC and yeah. re- generate some revenue on otherwise dormant project products that people are going to buy. Dormant's that- a good word, by the way. We should use that from now on. Dormant. Mm-hmm. That's a good word because it's still there, but it's not selling as well. And yeah, like everyone, you know, days gone. I'm sure there are tons of people who are hearing from many people. Yeah, this is a hidden gem. It's really good. Didn't get a fair Mm -hmm. shot. And hearing it coming to PC, people are going to say, I'm going to support the fuck out of them. I want days gone too. I'm going to get that game on PC as well. And there's people who are going to say, hey, I love a hidden gem. Like people love that punching above your weight kind of story. I'm going to get that. Or, hey, I've heard good things. I'm going to get this. And, um, it could bring that series to new heights, right? Now, I that, agree. That 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 series we thought was going to do Actually, I don't think we actually said it was going to do bad. We said it, we were unsure where it would place and ended up over delivering on how many sales it really had. 
uh, really showcasing, I think, the strength of, of just PlayStation exclusives. And so now yeah. Days Gone may be even more popular than than many other PlayStation IP uh, just because of the fact that it's it's now on PC. It's been traveling through word of mouth. And I think that's really exciting. So we'll see. But I just think we need too, to man. move on, you know, from like the 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 worry about like dude, there's so many like there's so many games. New companies will want to work with Sony only, new companies will want to work with Microsoft with Nintendo mm-hmm. to replace some of the exclusives. These companies are moving around. But you, you I got I saw people who were like, I'm selling my PS5 or whatever. And I'm like, dude, seriously, man. Seriously, yeah. first of all, that's one game. So calm the fuck down. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Interesting time. All right. Moving on from Dying Light 2. Let's take a look at Square Enix, Enix, whatever you'd like to call them, whatever your your, your choice of words is. Uh, so the boys behind and girls behind, of course, the likes of Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, many JRPGs, Avengers. They're doing their own little showcase. Uh, they tweeted out, let's go debuting March 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the first digital direct Square Enix presents the world premiere of the next dying or I'm dying late. <laughs> the next life is strange with a 40 minute lineup set of new trailers announcements from many of our upcoming titles. And so they post a picture. It says world premiere of a brand new life is strange. Also featuring outriders, Marvel's Avengers, Tomb Raider 25th uh, anniversary, new Square Enix, Montreal games, just Cause Mobile, Balan Wonder World, and I do remember getting a, a a PR email that had that whole list, and they said and more. So I uh, anticipate more announcements and reveals at this event here. Um, that's not anything confidential, by the way, just so people know. Um, so what do you wh- where do you sit on this? New Life is Strange is exciting. I'm sup- that that is making a lot of fucking noise for a for a game series that i thought overall was sort of it came the first one was excellent we talk about it a lot it did well they did a second one i don't think it hit as hard i don't think it, as far as i know captured the widespread attention i know it captured an audience like a very particular audience which is awesome because i think those games do serve a very vital purpose but i think mainstream wise and people talking about it and lots of thousands and thousands of players i wasn't really seeing that but it's all i've seen on my timeline since its announcement and I know you love Life is Strange one alongside me. So I can't wait. Yeah, I was gonna say, but well, let's hear it. You know, what what do you they said it's a new protagonist, like a new location and everything. And isn't that kind of strange how I'm glad they didn't kind of drag out what Life is Strange Max one was? And, yeah, right. Max and Chloe, right? And and Max instead they're just making this universe of I, I I always go to this series because I feel it's the only one I can always think of, but a Final Fantasy where it's a new story, location, setting, characters everything per entry um so we're also getting new avengers content i mean yeah that's kind of surprising uh did you play captain awesome did you play the free oh life is strange yeah i liked that yeah i did so solid okay so number two was two on the nose man like it was it just did not have any of a series of what i mean is life is strange season two was two on the nose it didn't have any subtlety where i think the first one had a lot and then that that free one was weird because it was like why did they do a free one there was no pr about it it was like here's a free life is strange and you real and you you beat it right i'm not gonna okay so at the end i'm not gonna ruin this for anybody i'm just gonna say it so 
I, I don't think this is a spoiler. It's a free game. Just go play it. It's not connect to anything right now. But at the very end, he levitates that girl. So you think he's got superpowers. Or sorry, he thinks he's got superpowers and you don't know if he does. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he does. Or she does. And if you watch that ending again, it it's actually ambiguous. Does he stop her from falling or does she put her hands down and stop and he notices it? And what I would love to see, dude, I would love to see this because he's from a broken home. He's got his even his neighbor, the phone call. I don't know if you remember in Captain Awesome, but there was like a weird phone call where his neighbor calls and checks up on him to yeah, verify like is he okay whatever. yeah yeah because of his dad and it's like dude imagine a game where it's like these two characters the i think she's asian is she or, or she's i can't remember she wasn't this she wasn't caucasian are you talking about captain Sparkle? still captain awesome oh okay yeah he, he's in the he's in the uh they're they're at they're outside in the bur- uh, the uh the the fucking tree house Right. And she falls and she goes, whoa, and she freezes in space. Yeah. And what I was thinking is, imagine if it's those two characters, because Life is Strange has always been about, like, emotional stuff. And the idea of maybe him and her being multiracial friends as young kids, plus his dad and whatever happened there. Um, if it's a new protagonist completely, that's also cool. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping they sort of mean new and it's... Maybe See, it's the girl. I never because played two never all the way the through. I thought two continued where that captain thing starts. So that's just a there's thing. A con- there's a connection, but that's pretty much just a thing. Interesting. Overall, wow, it's just a thing. It's not. It's not like a full connection. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It, that's what confuses me even more. Is is like it. It's not really solidified. And what was their power? What was the brother's power in Life is Strange too? Well, I never played it, so I'm actually, I'm actually pretty un, unaware of what you, anything trust is. Me, you don't. It's not very good. Um, yeah, I only played like three of the five. Yeah, there was just a special I think, I magic think telekinesis around the the first one. That um, oh, dude, nostalgia it was so good. I music. It's funny because a lot of people think it's garbage, but I kind of liked it because I think it was intentional. But a lot of people say the writing sucks. I think the writing was pretty good for its time period. Because uh, well, the thing is, a lot of people are like, oh, she's saying hella. It's cringy. And I'm like, I think the point was for her to talk. Like, they're like, it feels like a bunch of adults trying to be teenagers wrote this. And I don't know. I felt like it was intentionally designed that way. Um, and I, I just appreciated the way that dialogue was delivered in that more than anything. Of course, there were, dude, I will always remember because I streamed every episode of that uh of that game when it, when it came out in 2015 and i remember i think it was episode 3 where max just time travels and we'll just say she mm-hmm. knocks on someone's door oh and yeah you, and you're dude. like oh fuck you're like holy shit so good <laughs> so good shit. yeah so good and it's handled and you guys know no, i oh good no, i was just saying it was handled brilliantly that's all um you get you guys, most people get more ex- like I don't know, emotionally connected to games, and that one's one of the few that like that moment there. I was just like, oh my fucking god! Mm-hmm. It, it, there were so many cool, yeah, there were so many cool. I I didn't like I didn't like um the storm one. Life oh before see the that's storm. the thing yeah 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 wasn't a huge fan of those. Um, that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like you know, afterwards I, it's just been kind of like 
I don't want to say a downhill decline, right? but like I just haven't heard that same adoration that I've heard for the first one. Maybe because the first one was new. You just had Telltale, and then you had this, and and this was because there was a gameplay mechanic attached to it. It wasn't just conversation. Maybe it was just that yeah. fresh and new feeling that worked really well for them. I've always found it really strange. Um, but I I'm okay. Excited Let to me see tell more. you why it worked for me. I don't. I know you like anime, which. I don't know if you'd consider anime on the nose, meaning when I say I wouldn't let you figure out my race if uh, if it's on the nose, I would tell you my race. Right. That's on the nose, meaning it's just told to you right. for the most part. So in Life is Strange 1, it's all on, it's none of it's on the nose. In fact, you find out I didn't even get this ending and you can find out that you that like your friend the young kid in life is strange to the uh or life strange one the young guy who likes you who mm -hmm. hits on you you can find out he's basically a stalker which i didn't pick up on i mean i picked up on he was a little weird but he was weird right. in a kid way right so there's all these things you can find out where in two dude you're told right away i mean in the first 30 seconds you're basically they don't leave secrets like, for discovery Right, right. And I think that life, uh, or what is that called before the storm? The reason why that one was hard was because we already knew most of it. See, stuff. I think so what happens is a lot of right. game writers get really wrapped up in these amazing themes and character arcs they have, and they don't want you to miss them or the pieces of them that exactly. they try to deliver it straight to you instead of letting you think, trusting your intelligence, trusting your exploration, the ability to read and, and dissect a little bit more. And I understand that because you write and you're like, hey, man, this is really good stuff. Like, you know, we want people to experience this. Um, but what happens is that discovery and that word of mouth of it's so undervalued of that. Did you see this? And someone goes, no, I did not. And that moment of, right. oh, shit, uh, is so undervalued. And I get it because if someone doesn't see it, they will have a vastly different experience. Maybe they take it into review and they go, this shit sucks. Tear it apart. And now sure. you've lost a ton of sales. I understand the fear of it, but it, it's amazing how writing and how delicately it can be handled can really shift how a game is delivered to you. So it's funny you just bring that up because I've been thinking about that a lot because I told you I've been, I've been writing a fuck ton lately. So um, it's just interesting that you bring that up. Overall, though, it's funny because this is all just updates on games we already know about. I heard really bad things about Balan Wonderworld's demo. Um, so I'm surprised that'll be never there. even heard about this. It's a 3d platformer. Is. And when I saw it, I was actually excited. I went, wow, this, this looks great. I was very, very much interested in it. So I'm happy to see it. And I hope there's more there, but I doubt they're going to be like, well, we're here to tell you it's being delayed. Maybe they will. Who knows? It's square Enix and square Enix can be kind of weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hi everybody. <laughs> What do you think they're doing with Avengers too? Avengers got that update about a week ago that they were saying, "Oh, we're increasing the XP grind," and so are they adding new content? Finally, do we? I don't care. Free to play. Free to play. Wow. I, I yeah, right. I absolutely believe that game is going free to play, and that the grind was increased because it'll be free. I one hundred percent. I like that. That's a good prediction. That it will go free to play. I so. can see that happening. Yeah, that's dude. You heard it here first, people. That's a really yeah, good free prediction. to play on that. That one. sounds right. Outriders being there uh, makes sense. Oh, sorry. I what about that. Kingdom Hearts? No, I was just going to say, Kingdom Hearts, is that due for a... So is Kingdom Hearts for a th possible thing? Or is that is Kingdom Hearts done? I know Tetsuya Nomura like, said he wants the wait to be way shorter between the next two main games. 
And so we got Kingdom Hearts 3 at the beginning of 2019. Oh. Okay. Um, a game that I still like. I don't think it's that great. I See, the thing, I liked Kingdom Hearts 3 a lot, and then I played Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I was like, oh, God. They like they definitely tried so much harder with Seven Remake compared to 3. It was so, it was right. so apparent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they did Melody of Memory at the end of last year. That was in... When was that? That was November, I want to say. So they did put some new Kingdom Hearts content out. Um, it was a rhythm game, though, okay. so that's not going to sustain for a long period of time. So I imagine that if they had something ready to announce, they probably would. Um, but I do think it's a little soon. I uh, uh, It's just it's nearing that point, but I think it's a little soon. Kingdom Hearts ever done turn-based? No, they've tried a lot of different things, but they have not tried turn-based. There are so many games that I want to rumor. see do turn-based. Rumor? Oh, God. Get ready, yeah, everybody. <laughs> tell you a rumor. I'm just going to say this probably isn't true, but I did get a rumor that there was a Kingdom Hearts game, which is why I was asking if 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 we're in, in, in line for a prime Kingdom Hearts versus this. But I had been informed that there was a combination of Disney and Square trying to work out a turn-based, like, huge IP turn-based. And assuming it was kingdom hearts because they were talking about infinity a disney infinity having a shit ton of ip and then that's done disney infinity's done and mm. the possibility there were people saying there's this game coming that's going to be like replacing all those ips in another one and, and square was involved and so i was like oh shit that would kingdom hearts. make sense yeah squares involved i mean imagine a turn-based right kingdom hearts where because you said they were missing the dis did you not say they were missing the dlc or I'm sorry, the Disney stuff in three. Yeah, and in Remind they added some more. It was they were missing Final Fantasy stuff for sure. Remind okay. added some of that. I didn't play Remind, but I've seen it. Um, and then the Disney stuff was apparently really limited. I remember there was an interview somewhere, and I couldn't find it, so I don't want to say, "Hey, take my word for it." But I could have sworn I saw someone from Square Enix. I want to say it was Tetsuya Nomura, kind of hinting delicately that Disney wasn't allowing them as much freedom where right. in kingdom Hearts two, you could, you could fight a variety of, of famous, you know, you, you name it, that you were fighting it as Sora. Um, whereas in, in three, you were fighting darkness versions of these big creatures that had nothing to do with Disney. So yeah, that would be interesting, especially now that we know Lucasfilms is established and, and they're seeming Disney as a whole seems to be understanding gaming they a little do. bit better. And yeah. so I think that sounds a lot more plausible and I'd really like to see that. Hopefully, though, because if it's turn-based, I can't help but think of mobile games. Uh, and I'm talking about the... I used to play... Mobile Square uh, mobile square games, you mean? By that, I mean... Uh, have you played... Um, oh, my God. Marvel Strike Force, I think it's called, on phone. Dude, yeah, we've talked... We Years ago, we talked about this. I yeah. love all the Marvel uh, uh, games on Android. It yeah. could be something like that. I know yeah. Kingdom Hearts already has a mobile game that they're actually winding down now. Uh, it's nearing the end. Oh. Okay. So that could instantly be used as a counter. Yeah. But um, yeah. Okay. all I'm saying is, yeah, a turn-based Kingdom Hearts game, I think a lot of people would be like, what? So we'll see. Um, I mean, imagine, that, just real quick, yeah, what if you're playing Kingdom Hearts and you're, is it always Sora? Um. Well, there was 2.8 where you played as Aqua. Uh, you play as Riku in Chain of Memory. Uh 
let's see here in birth by sleep you can play as like terra ventus aqua so there are there are moments where in games where you'll you'll play as different protagonists for sure so you know how in final fantasy in the old days and a little bit in this new one but not nearly as much as anybody wanted they had the summonings the -hmm. big summonings in the original imagine like you fucking you're playing like turn-based kingdom hearts and you summon a mandalorian dude yeah, dude, like, they, dude. Yeah, they're gonna put they're gonna put Star Wars in Kingdom Hearts. I have no doubt in my mind about that, dude. Right. Well, and Star Wars, by the way, is pretty. I mean, Mandalorian's got some dark undertones, not fully dark, but they are also doing a shit ton of TV shows. There's like six new TV shows based on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of merging those would be pretty cool. What about a Star Wars made by Square, a Star Wars like turn based? you know, XCOM style game. Dude, all I'm saying like, is I miss turn-based square. Everything they have done remake wise has yeah. been a lot of action. And I think final fantasy seven remake was really great because it was almost there. There were turn-based elements, almost into action. And it was nice. Um, I will say they did dragon quest 11 and I, I downloaded that on game pass. I want to give that a shot again, but turn-based square, I think is sorely missed. I think turn-based combat in general in this industry is really missed. Um, and it's why I also appreciate Persona so much because they said there is still room to innovate in, in turn based. It doesn't have to be just your turn, their turn. Yeah. It's like here's baton right. passes, here's weakness targeting, here's all out attacks, here's show times, like just mechanics after mechanics added to the game and how you interact with your enemy um, and keeping control in the player's hands and that t- intensity. Uh, I just think turn based Square Enix is sorely missed. Really, I do. Um, and I think that I kind agree. Of like, I, would, I would be 15. more interested. That's what I thought the Avengers game was supposed to be. Remember when they announced that years ago? Yeah. Oh my yep. god, dude. We were I remember we did a show and I was like, man, if they did a cell shaded art style oh, dude. turn-based RPG with the Avengers, I would have lost it. Imagine you get a different costume in a turn-based Avengers and you do a special attack and like a comic book filter comes over the world, right? Like mm-hmm. there's dude, so uh, we can't be the only one. I mean, Obviously, we're not the first ones on a podcast saying it, but I'm saying we can't be. The, how is it that they don't think of that? I mean, maybe there's something we're not thinking of, but it's like, how are all of these things missed? Especially when you look at a turn based like uh, Gears Tactics doing so well. Gears Tactics did phenomenal. Like, how is it that Square doesn't go, let's do this? And I mean, I don't know, man. The fucking Avengers, though, was such a miss that maybe. I shouldn't be expecting them to do anything. I mean, I don't know. It could be. I I anticipate, although I don't think it'll be as public because I don't think Square is is as maligned as EA was. But um, EA, we now know, said, hey, we're going to make Dragon Age 4 single player because Jedi Fallen Order did so well and Anthem did not. So we understand single player content can still make us money. Maybe I because I, you could feel Avengers was supposed to be something else. I don't. I'm not gonna say it was supposed to be yeah. turn based, but you could feel in that game it was supposed to be something else. Maybe yeah. Square is gonna have that same awakening of hey, between Final Fantasy 15, which we had to can our DLC, and Avengers cratering us, we cannot be taking these big budget oh, they risks. And the DLC, right? Yeah, they did shut it down. So I yeah. feel like Event uh, Square Enix is kind of due for that wake up call. We don't know how Outriders is going to do either. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I hope it does well because it looks cool. Um, I know some people are like, it's bland. I respect that. I understand that. It's not going to be everyone's thing. But I think it has enough things in it to be interesting for people. Um, 
but if that doesn't do well, I mean, my question is how many times can they miss? Really? Yeah, in a service game, I'm assuming costs a, a tremendous amount of money. It's like also how how much for like an Avengers, how much time will they pour into it when no one's playing it? That's mm-hmm. another thing because Avengers play uh, numbers are low. Like there are people ha- having problems getting in groups and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I remember last I looked, it was at like a thousand two hundred on Steam, and uh, that's pretty that's pretty dire. That's lower than free to play MMOs. Yeah, that's I'm, ridiculous. Yeah, if you if you go on Steam charts, and I'm sure you can mm-hmm. look it up, like Steam charts, Avengers. I'm sure I can get a, a tap in now here. Uh, last thirty days, right now, as of an hour ago, four hundred and ninety people were playing Avengers on Steam. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, this game's. I think your free to play call is actually. Yeah, I think the free to play is for sure then. I, that's ridiculously low. That's that that should not be for Marvel. I mean, whew. and a Friday with yeah. nothing out. By the way, this is COVID time. Out. No, no big. Get. There's nothing out at Matt. Like Maddie, dude, look at the last like couple weeks. Oh God, man, oh, four hundred and fifty on a PC title. That is. And it's not like that PC game came late. I'm pretty sure it came day of. So it's not like people saw the reviews and went, oh, I'm out. These are people who have it. And Wow. Dude, if you tripled those numbers and then tripled those numbers on console, both consoles, you would still have not enough to pay for the continued development of that game. That's the problem. That's why I'm saying that you don't know how long it'll last. Man. Man. Really bad. So... I'm curious yeah. to see what they... I think it'll be a soft kind of like, here's an update, here's a character. And if they do free-to-play, I will I will be very happy because they need something to so just... So will I. I mean, dude, if you... Yeah. Put it this way, right? If you're them, is it really a panic move if we're looking at numbers like that? We don't know the console numbers, but I can't imagine they're astronomically higher. But if you were looking at those numbers, do you say, hey, if we just drop this game, we can we can quadruple this number and get people talking, is it worth it at that point? Are they even selling copies of the game? Clearly not if it's at 490 And that game was, by the way, on Defining Duke, we look at sales all the time, and I saw Square Enix had a sale just last week. Avengers was there, half price. Yep, It's been on yep. sale a lot. So there there definitely was a chance for that to spike, and, and I was looking at the other previous and weeks, didn't. and it was, it was in the, yeah, it was in like the 500 area. Like it, it has not been, not been good. Outside of that, let's see here. New Square Enix Montreal games. Uh, I actually don't know Square Enix Montreal. I don't know anything, by the way, about Square Enix Montreal. I, mm-hmm. I know of Warner Brothers. Or, uh, yeah, or, uh, no, Ubisoft. Sorry. Montreal. Yeah, I was going to say Square Enix Montreal games. I'm going to see what have they made. Hitman Go, Lara Croft Go, Deus Ex Go, Hitman Sniper. MM, oh, they're, they're mobile. mobile. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> No wonder they use the term Square Enix Montreal games. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. They that said is no, true they, mobile they, games. Oh, they name all the other names and all the other games and then say just their new game. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. They got to be not in the best position because I feel to make Final Fantasy VII a battle royale and have you like be able to like snipe people in Aerith's church. That's not something that I imagine anyone who worked on the original game would be like, yeah, let's do that. No, no. I would not be thrilled. So I don't want to talk for other people, but I, uh, 
I would not be surprised if Square Enix was was bought out at some point in time. Truth be told. Anyway, enough about them. It's time for you, the listener, maybe even the patron, to have your questions answered. This is where I could really use my iPad. Unfortunately, you want me to grab them? No, I have it on my phone. It's just um, <laughs> what's going to happen is it's going to shoot me up, and I'm going to go. Oh, where were we anyway? Um, I'm trying to figure out uh, where our last questions were from the previous episode actually hold on it might have been nope it was not saved god damn it let's see here oh my gosh all right our last episode was okay fifth yep got it all right we're good pen in pant is our first write-in okay i see it what is y'all's favorite game to platinum slash 100%? Now, I think the 100% may be for you. You do not like the platinum trophy. There's a little bit of a rush, uh, a dopamine rush you get when you when you have that that nice rare achievement pop. But you don't like it. You don't, True. Like, trophy. You don't like the trophies, and I respect that. No, but the achievement pop, you're, there's no denying. Your you're Discord, by the way. When they saw me mention it, and they're like, dude, somebody else likes that sound. Like, there's mm-hmm. some, and e- even in Last Stand Discord, somebody was like, that sound, that ding, yeah. when you get the Xbox one is, is it's a nice ring. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a game I've like 100%ed in. There's a game I've played for years and years, but not 100%ed. There's some fucking thing I didn't collect, I guess. So. Well, for me, it's usually oh. when I 100% a game, I don't go back for a while. So it's hard for me to think I'm going to go back and 100% a game again. It's usually I'm going to go back and play it again because I don't want to oh, 100% it right. entirely. Uh, and the, I can answer like a favorite game to platinum in, in the sense of, hey, what was a game that you got the platinum trophy for that you really enjoyed? And I'm trying to comb through my head right now. I think... Bloodborne was probably one of the more satisfying ones because while enjoyment may not be the right term because I had to go into the chalice dungeons, I have videos of me fighting <laughs> bosses and on my channel and like it was a process, man. Like it was a process going through all of that. Uh so I definitely have fond memories of that. Um otherwise, you know, Spider Man was fun, but it was just play the game. So in the terms of challenges and trying to overcome stuff, I think Bloodborne would probably be it. Multiple playthroughs. Ratchet and Clank on PS4 as well. That is a fucking fun game. That is a real... And it's free now, by the way. So pick it up if you haven't. Yeah, yeah. Getting platty for that. Oh, my. Three playthroughs for that. That was really... And that was fun. It it just flew by. They're not long games, but highly recommend people look in that game if you have yet to. And it's a great platinum. Anything come to mind for you for 100% or no? No, I'll just say games that I finish and refinish and finish, though. It, uh, co- strangely enough, Call of Duty Infinite, the space one, because I'm a big Warfare? Battlestar Galactica uh, fan. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Interesting. I've beat it. This is the I just played it night, night before night before last two nights ago and beat it again for like the fourth time. Um, <laughs> wow. But that's mostly because I like space and I like Battlestar Galactica and that's what it felt like. Right. So that was sort of cool. Um Call of Duties, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I've beat, like, the, the single-player story, like, fucking 15 times. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely return to those. Halo. In fact, I'll just change mine to games that I will play and, you know, defeat the story multiple times. Sure. Because I do do that a lot. And I would say Halo and, and is probably my number one. Halo 1, like, dude... 
that it's bad just, dude or I, I can play that oh good no dude. good yeah. I, I sorry i apologize i can play that game oh like oh, it's yeah. it's almost stupid because it's so sandboxy in the way everything so it never feels exactly the same mm-hmm. so oh, it's so fun it's so fun to like throw grenades and just hear you know burp, burp, a boom yeah. and fucking bad guys leaping everywhere it's sound design in that game is great halo 3 as well i've definitely beat yeah you know, two dozen times maybe halo 1 i've definitely played the most like not just play time but more, more than so just really campaign wise for sure there's just yeah. something special about it it's i think three is definitely better but there's just something special about that sense of something new and that feeling of dropping on a lost planet and going what is next and how it kind of carries itself there's just a sense of mystery and definitely openness i'll always remember that second level that's what i always think about man it's just that and silent cartographer just very Sorry. open levels interconnected the design of that is aged so well it has not only that but dude that game had some balls so you were just stating uh life is strange you were like hey people don't want to not write a story you can't notice because that writing might be missed halo starts out in the middle of the story and just doesn't give up what's yeah. going on yeah it starts out with you light speed jumping remember you're just like Ooh! and you light speed jumping you're like what's happening yeah and just like pillar bottom blah 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 this is happening get your gun and yeah. then you train for two seconds it's like look up look down is that good and you're like yeah and then bad guys kill <laughs> in everybody the, in, you're in like, the combat yeah and yeah. you're like jesus and and it tells its story environmentally with and it, it does incredible audio without any audio logs by the way mm-hmm. um well you get the headset log don't you when the flood get introduced you put the chip in so i guess there's one there's calm, there's calm storytelling, like people talking but to you. Yeah, but I can deal with that because yeah. they're talking, they're live. They didn't go, I'm dying, and record yeah. themselves. Yeah, Dude, yeah, Halo, man. I don't know how we got on Halo. But anyway, it replayable doesn't matter because it's awesome. Oh, replayable stories, yeah. Uh, they had balls, man. They had balls to just say, we're going to start this story in the center, and, and we're going to dole it out to you slowly. Yeah, and once, you're once still again, gonna man, like it. It's it's the writing. You you got to think a story starts begin middle end and and to say we're gonna start we're gonna take imagine you have a line yeah. that's at the beginning and you're gonna move that all so that line is now in the middle, right. and then work the the beginning to the. I mean that's just that that's all. Remember that's the not, ending too. Yes. In the, in the fucking warthog and yeah. just drive and it dude, it it was the perfect movie driving escape it's legendary it is pardon the pun it is there's a difficulty for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> true mcmeister's our next right and hey y'all hope you've had a good week this week i jumped back into ghost of tsushima and have enjoyed it immensely playing this caused me to crave some of the japanese food i used to eat when i lived there oh that's awesome so my question is are there games that you play that have caused you to crave certain foods after playing them thank you for your time and keep up the great content this is this is a new type of question we've never got something like this a game that makes you crave food. Oh man, that's a that's a really hmm. Oh yeah, I got one. Simpsons Hit and Run, which is the oh, open wow. world GTA style, has a level where you're you're. I think you drop acid or you accidentally eat a mushroom, whatever. But you're in a fantasy land with like giant donuts. Sure, and that every time I play that game, I get really hungry for donuts. And I'm not a donut, but we played it like six times, and every time. 
that's probably the, you know. I want to say, hmm. I'm going to go with Final Fantasy 15. That game had a, oh. a, a slew of models created four different dishes and they'd slide them in and you'd see like if you if you slid in a soup bowl and it had pork in it you'd yeah. actually see the pork kind of pop out of the bowl and slide salmon back. yeah and you're just like god damn i want to get something good to eat i deserve it uh so that's that's one that uh, immediately comes to mind i'm sure there are plenty more um i feel like dragon ball z kakarot had cooking of some kind maybe i'm just misremembering it but i don't know I think in the terms of delicious looking food where I went, I went, man, I could look for, I could go for some of that. Definitely. Definitely. Final fantasy 15. Great question. Del McMeister. Thank you. Straw hat ninjas. Next greetings. Gentlemen, which franchise did you like more back on the PS two between Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper and ratchet and clank? I think they're all pretty great, but Sly is my favorite, especially the second one. That was the game that actually convinced me to buy a PS two at the time. You have any uh, any any love for these uh these series? You don't. Oh my gosh, man! What were you doing at that time? How old were you? Sega Saturn. Oh fuck! So it was like Sonic. Um, it was uh Pandemonium, uh, which the third party game. But there was it, it, I didn't have uh like Ratchet and Clank, which I love now. By the way, the new Ratchet like that's just ridiculous. Uh, those are great. But yeah, I, I didn't. I do you know I've never played the Squirrel one slide the uh yeah i've only i've it was something in time thieves in time yeah i played thieves in time did you like it that's the only i did i did uh but it was way that's ps2 or three that was ps3 yeah yeah so that's how late i came into it and uh wow. one of my friends brought it over and i was like wow that is a awesome character and that's like my first real those and i've never played the other one Ever. Jack and Daxter, the, yeah, that's Naughty Dog. That I don't was, even know that what that pre, is. That pre pre-Uncharted Naughty Dog. Probably my favorite oh. era of them, honestly, outside of The Last of Us, which I think is their best game, the first one. Um, I think Jack and Daxter is a series they need to pick back up because it's it's really good. It's it's actually, it was, it was pretty advanced for its time. It was like open world to some extent, and, and there was just, it, it was sandboxy in, in a way. You know, there were challenges throughout the open world that you could do. Uh, nothing crazy, but it was it was still really fun. He had the light and dark powers. Uh, for me, my favorite's hundred percent Sly Cooper. That that series just has a DNA. I think it's really it just being awesome. a thief. I like being a thief in games. So Dishonored. Oh yeah. Even to some minor extent, my favorite part of the Thief reboot. I never played the originals, but my favorite part of the Thief reboot was the ability to have an open level. You crawl into some some apartment you have lock picks you're going through jewelry and you're you're collecting stuff to sell on the market right that type of stuff i don't know if i deep down want to be a thief but all i'm saying is i fucking <laughs> like dishonored and, and that game just scratched an itch and sly cooper is all about being a thief so it's all stealth you're not super powerful and you're you know in slide two they introduced this thing where you can grab treasures on certain parts of the map and, and you have to hustle them back to your hideout otherwise an alarm will go off and you can use that money to then buy upgrades, so then you will become more powerful. And like I said, there's just a DNA to that game that is unlike anything else. So I'm just like you, Straw Hat Ninja. Slide 2 is really what uh, made me fall in love with the series. I started there. Um, and what's amazing is with that game, they actually have this 
emotional story to some extent. They have good moments and it's it's lighthearted, but there's a, a, char- a charisma to it all. Um, there's an elegance to the characters, and uh, you know where you look at them at face value and go, oh cartoonish whatever you know i don't care and then like there's significant things that occur throughout the story that make you care a lot more that you wouldn't see coming and so slide two is phenomenal and definitely out of those three my favorite but i don't know if sony would ever bring back bring back sly cooper the other thing people i just think because i really don't know i just find it hard to imagine you know what I mean? Like, that's really it. I don't have anything factually backing it up. They were looking into doing a TV show for it. I think it got canceled. And so, oh. yeah, they were originally they were doing a movie. Then it turned into a show. Then it just got shut down. And so I felt like if they saw something, they would have tried to do it anyway. Um, gotcha. And honestly, I'm, I want to say I'm happy it got closed down because I'm sure people put time into it. But more so, it was going to be like a Nickelodeon show or it was going to be a cartoon show on like a younger platform. And what I liked about Sly was its ability to kind of, it's going to sound really weird. It functioned a little bit like SpongeBob where SpongeBob, you can watch as an adult and get a completely different interpretation of a joke because the humor was so well-written right. compared to that of a kid. A kid would laugh because someone got hit in the head with a hammer. But meanwhile, the adult would laugh because that hammer, hammer symbolized something in real life that you were like, yeah, oh, oh I, fu- Whoa. I know, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so That's Sly awesome. Cooper just had something like that. And I feel like if you're putting it on, some type of kids network. I just, you know, my confidence lowers a little bit that they're going to try some more mature stuff that the series did tinker with. So at least there's that, but I just don't have this. I try every time I, a Sony does a event, I will wear my Sly Cooper shirt to hopefully will it into existence. It has yet to work, but fuck me, man. I would love to. That'd be awesome. <sighs> if somebody said something like you get one announced and then they're in an interview and they're like, so why did you revisit this? And they're like, you know, we weren't thinking about revisiting it, but we were doing a show, and this guy showed up with a with a shirt. Blah blah blah. It's like Maddie in the back wearing sure. a shirt, <laughs> just randomly. The guy's like, "Let's let's go investigate if we could do another one." That'd be amazing. Oh my god, dude! Imagine that. I mean, some developers have done that in the past. I think I think like uh, Greg Miller's in Spider Man PS4, like the shirtless Spider Man character. Yeah, yeah. So, puts put Sly Cooper shirt Maddie in there. Yeah, let's get on this. I would personally play it because I actually, I actually think of all of those. That's those characters were more interesting. It also had the handicapped turtle, did it not? Yes, that was one of the significant I, moments because he wasn't always exactly. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Changed the way he played entirely. Yeah, right. See, to me, that's sort of next level. And I strangely, I obviously was because that's the one I remember the most, other than the main character. So. Mm-hmm. I just think that kind of it's why I like Beyond Good and Evil so much because of the anamorphic got to play, yeah. you know, and yeah, and be, especially that one because they do the exact same thing where it's animals but having well, that's why Watership Down or Secret of Nim is so popular is because animals having human emotion like a lot of people buy into that. Yeah, and I, it's I, also I, that yeah, I would love sometimes they look creepy, but they they it was because of the art style and their design they looked very natural. Like Sly as a raccoon just. You could tell he's like almost a tall, slender human, and Murray was this buff guy, and Plankton, or Plankton, yeah, right. thinking of SpongeBob. There was archetypes to it. Yeah, yeah, he, and and they all play differently, right? Like Murray's like a beat him up character, where where Bentley's very vulnerable, uh, but he has a lot of gadgets to use, and then Sly's this stealth master, and so their 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 uh, personality extended into their gameplay, which I think is always a really good thing. Yeah, agreed. Shogun Flame is next. 
Salutations, gentlemen. Hope you all have a tranquil day. I've been a longtime fan, a.k.a. Trash Mike Maddie. Wow. Glad I finally jumped on the support train. Yeah, your support has provided this sure SM7B, so thank you. Uh, anyway, on the question, I'm creating a D&D campaign. I wanted, you to, I wanted to add you three into the world. Name, race, gender, class, what would you want your character to be? Villain, hero, villager, demigod, etc. The world is medieval fantasy with some gun technology. The biggest faction is a half-dragon empire. The second strongest is a mixed-race faction. Thank you, gentlemen, for your magnificent work and have an astonishing weekend. And would you kindly keep fighting the good fight? Thank you, Shogun. All right, character. We got a, we got a character. I have been having these weird fuck-ups this last 10 minutes. Carrick, we have to riff off each other here and create a D&D character for each of us on the spot. Medieval. I want to be, he said, and he said that the main race is half dragon. Yeah, he said the, the biggest st- faction is a half dragon empire, and then the other faction is a mixed race of some kind. Yes, so. yeah. So I want to be a, I want to be a, I want to be. I want to be a weapons dealer hmm. but i don't know if he's saying that the like the half dragons rule the other race but i want to be a southern speaking no bullshit weapons dealer because he said guns i'm trying to think of this world he's got his own world hmm. yeah man this is your this is your specialty. I I usually take forever to do D and D characters because I want them to like really stand out. You're doing this on the fly, which is amazing. I'm I'm, I'm actually fascinated watching this. Yeah, I just like the idea of a southern a southern speaking like. Uh... See, the thing is, is when he said that, for some reason, I thought maybe the overarching like the half dragons rule everything else because he said the major faction, which you rarely hear when somebody's making a game that they mm. talk about. The, Cause usually it's races, not faction, which sort of confused me. So, but yeah, yeah. yeah I, w- I like the idea of a Southern speaking belligerent weapon seller. If the half dragons rule everybody else, he actually is a half dragon and he's betraying them by selling weapons to, uh, like the other race that's trying to fight back. If they're not belligerent, make whatever you want. Name? Yeah. Oh, name? Oh, fuck. I have no clue. I mean, dude, I don't even <laughs> Go worry with about Carrick. names. That's a, that's a D&D Eric. name right there, all right? <laughs> Eric, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, let's see Male, here. of course. Male uh, and then class. I mean, mercenary fighter, whatever, but it would be X, whatever, because I no longer do. In fact, I've been wounded in a battle uh, by my own troops, which is why I'm now selling weapons to the look at this, like the rebels. All right, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 where I am. Hmm. That's yeah. I'm imp- I'm impressed. Like I not I know you play a lot, so it's it's definitely makes sense why that comes to mind for me. I'm rusty on D and D, so I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, who do you? Who do I want to be in a half dragon empire with gun technology? Ooh, an inventor. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know why I always see you as the guy sitting like up late at night coming up with some weird new gun, almost like a weird new YouTube, but instead it's a weird new gun technology. <laughs> like when he said guns, I was thinking steampunk. I didn't know what he yeah, meant. Yeah. You know, because it's like 
in mad, yeah, mad science. You're the dealer. I'm the crafter. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was trying to figure out. He didn't give enough, dude. Next time you ask that, guy, explain a little more. Well, yeah, because I was looking. I, I like to lot. play. I love elves. I I I, oh, I, do, I do sometimes deviate for sure, depending on the universe uh, we're in. But I would have said a elf arch, an elf archer who had laid down the bow for guns after you know something oh, something cliche like family dies so now it's guns it's guns blazing <laughs> so you can feel free to make a half elf uh who is a ranged class of some kind fitting into your universe whatever you want to kind of flavor that up with and um let's see your male and um yeah i think that's uh, oh name uh We'll call him. Name is my heart. Yeah, I want to give him a funny name. Yeah, make this Waffle. make this elf so fucking helplessly. He is the most dramatic motherfucker. In fact, he did not <laughs> drop. He did not drop the bow because because his family died. It's because he has crippling anxiety and he thinks his family's going <laughs> to die. So he has instead picked up a gun and now he will move on and, and, and join in your adventures, maybe or whatever you want to do with this character. And so I want you to just make this. He's a nervous wreck. He's always look. He's about to fuck up constantly. You know, he talks talks like this. You know, really nervous guy. Um, but he's he's proficient in combat. That's where he enters his own. Uh, well, yeah, because he's nervous, so he trains all the time to make sure that he doesn't let anybody yeah, down. Like he's absolutely frazzled yeah. from all his training. So yeah, go ahead, run with that. His name will be uh, Shake Shaky. Shaky. Yeah. Shakes. Yeah. Why not? Brand Droid is our next write-in. Howdy, gents. I saw Maddie's video for today, and uh, I'm not sure which video it is, and it's crazy to remember <laughs> just how many teams they have now for RPGs. Okay, I know what video it is. Is there a project from any of Xbox's RPG teams that interests or excites you all the most? Stay safe and stay sexy. So I made a video, just so you know, I made a video just talking about Xbox RPGs in general. I was saying, you know, it's kind of crazy oh. what their future looks like because, you know, you look at Obsidian in Exile, Bethesda Game Studios. You now have Playground working on Fable, uh, the yeah. potential of crossovers. So there is a lot there, especially for someone like me. So with that kind of information uh, in mind, is there a project from any of Xbox's RPG teams that interests or excites you all the most? So not potential ones, but what's happening now that uh, interests you or excites you? We know In Exile is doing a AAA RPG on Unreal Engine 5. Obsidian's on Avowed, uh, Bethesda Game Studios is on Starfield, and then um, we have, of course, Fable from Playground. Really nice pickings. Fable for me, and the reason why is because they had the wherewithal to cancel Legends. Hmm. So Microsoft gets a lot of shit for some of the games they release, like State of Decay 2 had some technical issues, right? Hmm. I played Legends. There were no technical issues. That game worked. It just wasn't fable i guess would be these it wasn't what people were thinking and right. to me the they had the wherewithal to say guys let's just this is not right let's pull back completely and so i would say i'm interested in what microsoft has asked playground to do and what playground mm -hmm. has decided to do and their technology for forza that world their technology for world and draw all that shit that's interesting too yeah. so to see those combined for a lead uh, a fable game I want to pick Fable 2 because for me, it's the transition of racing to 
what I imagine is open world RPG. And yeah. I, I definitely think that's very tantalizing because I think of guerrilla games and how they move from first person shooter to third person open world. Um, and maybe that's less dramatic of a shift, but um, I still find that really exciting to see what a new, you know, new group of ideas behind a very popular RPG franchise ends up being. Um, but I'll say for the sake of conversation here that Avowed probably is my go-to in my head. Um, we've seen a lot of Skyrim likes. I think Dragon Age Inquisition, definitely with the Hinterlands, took yeah. some some pages out of the Skyrim book. Uh, but we really design. I mean, we'll just think of that final shot in in Avowed's trailer where he had the spell in one hand, the sword in the other. I mean, if you told me that was a concept trailer for Skyrim, I would have absolutely. And I didn't know anything about gaming. I would have. I would have went. Oh wow! I believe you, hundred percent. Yeah. And so, with that in mind, um, that's intentional. So I think the idea of a very proven RPG developer. Um, who's looking to go beyond what the Outer Worlds was and make what is the Obsidian Skyrim um, is is beyond exciting. Because here's the thing is that we will see with Starfield where Bethesda lies on choice and consequence. We saw them respond with Far Harbor, but then they did 76 and they did Nuka World, which were two games that were kind of in that wheelhouse of, of not really accounting for being a role-playing game. Um, where obsidian has shown consistently even with their most recent recent release in the outer worlds that they still care about choice yep. a lot so i want to yep. see someone do skyrim but with real choice skyrim has you know the civil war choices you know you can choose which faction you want to align with and a couple others here and there but i want to see what obsidian really guns for um that that to me is very exciting so that would be my pick really dude you know Obsidian feels like Bethesda before Bethesda got big. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like Obsidian could could explode from this Microsoft thing. Yeah, uh, like, oh, just, absolutely. Avowed's going to put them on you the know, map. I think they're on the map. Yeah, now, but... yeah. I will say I I will firmly state this right now. I think Avowed is one of the worst names for an RPG ever. Really? Okay. It doesn't. Yes. Interesting. Does not elicit any emotion it and it might be because it's an a and i think a's are notoriously soft and just don't they just don't have a grab to me skyrim is like whoa what is that sky rim like what does all that mean like, it's just something daggerfall like mm. that's something avowed is a word but it's more like avowed is most likely a character class in the game or the character you know like you know like type i guess that you play yeah i I don't like that name. I, I, I don't know why I'm bringing it up. I just don't think it, it elicits uh, excitement like it could have if it had a um, more wondrous name. You see, that's funny because what's interesting, and I bet they're thinking the same thing, but they need to separate it so much, is that Pillars of Eternity would probably, if they just did it, it just called it that, would give you that feeling. But it would. Because would. Pillars... At least two did not do well sales wise. Did, yeah, did well right. review wise for sure. They probably want to be so separate that they're like avowed. It's just a one word description, and so I think yeah, that is that might be why they went with that. And that, that's a good. That's interesting. You bring that up. It's a very good point. Yeah, it's a weird bitch, but it just bothers me whenever I hear somebody say it. I almost have to think again about what game we're even talking about, and mm -hmm. I don't like that. 
Yeah, I get that because it's not a part of anything either. And right. It, it, right. It's, it is a part of pillars, but it's it doesn't indicate that really until you dig into the the universe more lore. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I'm playing pillars this year. I'm excited for that. I really game. wish they didn't drop the support for pillars on Switch because that was what I was I was going to do that, but now I'm just going to play it on console, I guess. Because those yeah, they... CRPG style games just I feel like they're if I had the option to just lay in bed, I don't know why that why does my brain work that way? <laughs> Playing them on a big TV no. just sounds unappealing. <laughs> Dude, uh, I played Skyrim on the Switch, and I can tell you right now, I paid more attention to the story ever, ever in Skyrim on the Switch. And the reason why is because I can't look past the screen because it's small and I'm here where on a TV I've got another screen, Discord can pop. Mm. This the best thing about the switch is the shittiness of nintendo's online it doesn't tell you anything right (laughs) there's no warnings right so their failure is the best part of of playing skyrim on that system dude i paid attention and i do not pay i don't even love but i was like constantly staring at just the game nothing else Mm -hmm. and uh they failed because pillars of eternity is a perfect it's a perfect game for that system yeah, it's, it's it's a big shame. Is it like game breaking stuff? I don't I don't I didn't look into the bugs. We did catch it twice, but that gray screen bug we talked about about a month or two ago when mm, I was saying I had stopped. Bug, that yeah. gray screen bug was big enough that I was seeing it on forums, and people are like, "If you hit it, you're screwed," or something like that. Now, somebody in the chat who's who's played this recently or maybe is is more up on it, I would love to hear that that's not the case. But I do know that they thought they fixed it. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. And that was the last I heard of it. And I people are bitching. Like, in fact, in your the last time we talked about it, in your comments, somebody was like, You suggested somebody play pillars on the consoles. I hope you don't mean the switch because blah 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 yeah. blah blah. So Yeah. It's unfortunate because it's really weird to see a Very. company be like, We're gonna leave this undone. You know, yeah. Normally they tie a bow on it to say, like, we tried, we have all we, we left left it all on the table if someone buys this. Right. You know, good. You know what? Instead of guessing, continue on to the next. I'm going to look this okay. up and see where the support is for that game. So it's two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unkempt Talk is our next write-in. Hey, guys, quick little story for you all. My fiance isn't much of a gamer aside from playing Sims 4 and going through Super Mario 3D World with me. But she doesn't play often and doesn't follow gaming news. However, she started listening to the podcast with me after she was just chilling while I was listening, and now we listen together every week. She says she doesn't know what you're talking about, but likes how you guys talk about it. Oh, fuck yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Anyway, I throw a question in here. How do you guys stay motivated to stick to a specific game? I have a few different hobbies, reading, writing, and gaming, but I just always feel like there's not enough time, and I end up playing through parts of a game, but I truly haven't finished one in a while. I'm close, though, with Ghost of Tsushima. Anyway... Thanks for all the awesome entertainment, gents. So a balancing act of hobbies here, right? You know, what What exactly do we do when we're trying to play games? We're reading books or writing. If you're on Kemp's Hawk, you're hanging out with your wonderful fiance who absolutely adores our show and thinks it's the best thing ever. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, how do you balance it out? Because I know you and I are men's of, men of many hobbies. And so I'm sure we have vastly different answers here. But I remember... I had trouble balancing my hobbies, and then I met you. I saw how you were handling things with scheduling that I took pages out of your book. So I want to see, as I've evolved your playbook, uh, I want to see where you how, you how you balance it all. Has the old man switched up his game? Yeah. 
just how do you balance hobbies versus everything? Yeah, because he's, he's asking here, uh, how do you stay motivated to stay to a specific game? Because I have a few different hobbies, but I always feel like there's not enough time and I end up playing through parts of a game, but haven't surely finished one in quite a while. So it looks like he's searching for a way to just, I want to finish this game, but I have stuff that's calling my attention. Oh, dude, I would just say realize that it's not going away. Humanity and especially games, for whatever reason, we have a weird belief that like whatever we bought is magically going to disappear and so you'll see people they'll like something new will come out and they're like i'm jumping to that takedown has that a couple of people on my discord will bounce to multiple things and it's like that's not going away i would say the only games you need to get right away or would want to think about would be games where maybe the online component or the discussion about it is so vastly interesting to you that you want to be engaged day one because i'll see people say wait on everything and i'm like eh, that doesn't that's that doesn't make sense because you might get in Avengers where only 400 people are playing. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a disaster. So I, yeah, I just, I go into everything and I'm like, Hey man, you know, if it, it like, it'll still be there. I don't buy it. I don't, I do jump to some games. You and I both have to, which does suck. Cause there's games I want to stick around. Yeah. Like there's times where I'm like, man, I'd really like to return that, but I don't have the time. Um, but I would say for me, it's yeah, that's just not an issue because I'm I'm pretty almost disciplined. Uh, if if I find that there's a weakness in something I'm doing, I get really angry about it. So one of the things I get really angry about is like lying to yourself and saying this will go away or I need to get it now. And I'll be like, do I? That makes no fucking sense. Mm. Like I need to get food and it would take a while for me to starve. So I don't even need food right away. It's like, how much do I need right away? And you have to be a bit of a disciplinarian, I guess, would be said, and, which you've talked about, too, because you're like, do I need this or do I need that? And then you're like, no, not really. And you move on. Because yeah. there's certain games I've wanted you to play. And you're like, I'm played them, didn't have the time. And right now I'm playing something else. I mean, that's discipline in and of itself. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's just um, you don't even have to do like a take out your pen, take out a calendar and work out your whole week. Sometimes when you over plan, that's just as destructive. Um, yeah, what I would say is each week kind of takes its own form where you'll end up seeing gaps in, um, in appointments you have or hobbies. So maybe, uh, as you start to fill out that schedule, you can say, well, Wednesday I'm going to write, but Thursday I got like five hours open. I'm going to play a game, you know, like that type of thing sometimes. And this is going to sound really weird, but sometimes you just got to pick up the controller and just say, like, all right, I'm, I'm going to play. Even if you kind of don't feel like it. And when you start playing, you're like, this is fun. And you kind of get wrapped up into it. You almost hesitantly uh, get into it. And um, maybe I'm the only one who's experienced that. Sometimes I'm like, man, I feel too lazy to pick up a controller. And then I have that same thing. I get mad at myself. I'm like, dude, it's a fucking game. Grab the controller. Yeah. And once I do, I have a blast. Um, I think just sometimes you, just people get, I think the right word is lethargic. You're just like, ugh. You're just light lazing about. Um, but for me, it's really just knowing my schedule. So I know Fridays nights through pretty much Sunday, I'm free on content. So I usually each weekend uh, pick two things that I'm going to really spend a lot of my time doing. So this weekend um, is my anniversary with my girlfriend for three years. And then it is also uh, the weekend that I want to edit a story I've been working on with some friends uh, you know, we've, we've nailed down three chapters of it. And so 
Uh, we're going to revise that. So it's like, okay, this might be a light gaming weekend. I've certainly gamed enough this week. Um, and I'm going to focus on my writing uh, for this for this free time I have. So it's about knowing when you get that free time, what you want to do with it. And if you feel like you're not playing enough games, maybe, you know, like the book's not going anywhere. You're writing. Maybe you want to stay on top of that because there is a flow. There is a, a, a being involved in that. But also with writing, I know for a fact, man, because I've, I've tried to force myself to write, you will put some fucking garbage out there. <laughs> and that's no offense to you or anybody. It's just the reality of it. You know, you cannot force yourself to creatively write sometimes. Um, not every time your pen's going to light on fire. So when you get that writer's block, go play a game. Go invite yourself into a magical world where it, everything is completely different from reality. Don't read a book and text on a page. You know, that type of thing. Identify when the time arises. Otherwise... I would just say, do what you're enjoying. You know, that's important. It's just as important. But the other thing is, know what's coming up. A lot of times when I'm playing my games, I will recognize, hey, I might have a chance of not beating this if I leap to this game on its launch day. So a lot of people yeah. had trouble with, say, Valhalla to Cyberpunk. Valhalla is a very big game. So maybe if you're having a situation like that, Wait a week for Cyberpunk if you can. Once again, like Carrick said, it's not going anywhere. So wait a week for Cyberpunk. Finish Valhalla. Then get Cyberpunk. And then start that. There is an importance. You know, I understand the importance rather to, to, to be there day one talking about things. But, you know, there's also the, the value of taking your time, enjoying stuff at your own pace. So that would be my best advice for you, Hawk. It's difficult to know. Yeah. Everybody's a little different, too. Yes. Like it's always like I have no issue. I write all the time. I have no issue writing and I don't get writer's block. But then I might have an issue that one of you guys just you wouldn't even know when I when I state I have an issue, you wouldn't even really know how to handle it. It's, it's never an issue for you. Mm -hmm. So it's just like you said, I think it is about like flow, just like I'm moving to this. I'm moving to that because I definitely have issues where I want to work on one. You and I talk about this where you want to work on one thing and you're like lit on fire, but you know, you have to do something else because of your job. Right. And that can be difficult. I will yes. say that that can be hard to pull yourself away from a game that you, because you like have to play another one mm -hmm. uh, for our job that it sounds like a weird bitch, but I definitely am jealous of some people who can stick with something. I can't. Oh, dude, I'm we were going through my I'm... friends, uh, Kopi, one of my editors and, and good friends. We're going through his hours on Xbox, and I was looking. I mean, granted, during high school, I absolutely had, like, for me, it was Black Ops 2, and it was probably Halo 3. I just sank days and days worth of game time in there. And so we're going through his Xbox hours, and he pops open Overwatch, and he had, like, 90 days on it. I had, like, 500 hours in that game, 550 hours, which is still pretty good. But I look at that, and I'm like, man. It was almost like, I wish I could have stuck for that long because I loved Overwatch yeah. in its prime. Right. Um, and he exactly. has GTA Online. GTA Online was what it was. GTA Online, he had 90 days. I was like, holy fuck. And by the way, I, we're talking about enjoying those 90. You're not trying to 100% something or platinum mm -hmm. something. Yeah, just he's just playing, playing the game because you yeah. like it. Yeah. And it was like, wow, man, I wish I could stick for that long. You know, I feel good about myself that... I, sadly, once again, because the industry starts to move and I start thinking about other back compat titles that maybe I'm leaving behind that I've really missed where it's a cool opportunity. I don't regret it, but Hitman 3, I've put like 45 hours into mm, and I yeah. want to go back. I think about every yeah. day. I think about every day. Like, I want to go play some more Hitman 3. And it's not like any other games calling my attention, but I do have that desire to say, like, man, I want to fire up 
this random 360 game and play it. And it's because I've been yearning for that for years, so I'm not regretting it. But I know Hitman, I would have 100 hours in by now, for sure. But it's because that desire to move to the next thing. And you yep. know, part of it's defining Duke, right? You want that back compat pick of the week or game pass pick of the week. And you got to play some games sometimes for that. So I do, I do uh, share that envy. So I want to read this to you. This mm. is terrible. Mm. This is Pillars of Eternity, dude. Okay. Listen to this. February 9th. <clears throat> For all those who dove into the world of Aura or Era or whatever with Pillars of Eternity on Nintendo Switch, we want to thank you all the feedback that you've given us. It has allowed to continually make the game better so you can play it whenever you go. It has a massive undertaking for us to get to this point. We have unfortunately reached a limit that we can do with our updates to the game and have exhausted the options left to us from the PC original in regards to the limitations of the hardware we are working with. We do understand that this will leave issues present that we've reported, uh, such as the Ranger pet not appearing, but this time we're unable to patch the game further. So what's interesting here is this is about the PC version as well. But... What they're talking about is taking the PC version and fixing the Nintendo Switch. So they have full-on bugs that they're done. And people are like, are you doing refunds or what's what's going on? And they're like, admittedly, that's not going to stop you from winning the game. But, dude, the Ranger pet doesn't show up. That's a big deal. Imagine a cleric's magic spell not working. Oh, that's I was going to ask you what that is. And, okay. That's a that's the yeah. ranger's pet, like, and that's what a ranger is known for. It's like a druid, you know, a summoning. Well, depending on the game, but summoning a creature. That's a big. That's yeah, and they're just done, man. <laughs> they're like, oh God. like I don't know what's going on. I will say that I don't know what's going on with this game and Obsidian on the Switch. There is something different about that versus all others. So, anyway, in. Something tells Sucks. me that they're just uh, trying to go all in on Avowed, and I think their timeline got really fucked up because oh, you think so? Outer Worlds two or Outer Worlds two, Outer Worlds getting its they promised two pieces of DLC, right? Outer Worlds getting its second piece of DLC a part of the way into twenty twenty one is really fucking odd for a game that came out at October of twenty nineteen. In my opinion, I thought for sure that was like first half of twenty twenty, middle to second half of twenty twenty, and that was it fact that it's three months in and on the 17th we're getting that i think there is a desire to move on for that a lot of their straggling teams from that makes sense pillars to that um maybe help out on grounded which is probably showing them much more uh player base and of course avowed so curious to see how they evolve over time Chris Cozy writes in this one. I can't answer because I know nothing about it. Maybe you do. Any thoughts on the future of NFT non fungible fungible hmm, non fungible. Okay. Yeah. Crypto coins. Okay. You may be asking because I'm talking about them all the time. Uh, it says um, NFTs real quick. Are, uh, oh, sorry. What's up? No, go for it. I was going to say NFTs are no, a hot ahead. topic right now with celebrities monetizing tweets, songs, albums, etc. The same can be done in game with in-game cosmetics that can become tradable like weapon skins and counter-strike, but using cryptocurrency good or bad. I don't. Bad. Yeah, I, it doesn't sound good, but I don't really know enough about it. Real quick, bitcoins are bit. You know what those are, right? Yeah, I'm crypto familiar. coins. Yeah. Okay, or what they are generally, but they're a digital form of currency, decentralized, not run by a government, non fungible. These things are basically you take a picture and you 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 mint it, you put it into the digital world, and it's sort of written into the matrix. And now it's a thing, and it says Carrick made this. 
and it cannot be counterfeited. So the Mona Lisa could be counterfeited. You had to get experts to go and say, this is real or not. This removes that, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. However, as of this morning, by the way, a bunch of LucasArts artists stated somebody stole all of their art and made non-fungible fucking tokens from it. Now, mm-hmm. what a token is, is whatever you upload. I have a token of my dog that I fucked around with filters and I'm selling it like just for the shit of it. So what happened is once you do that copyright law and who owns what is ridiculous. So for example, Maddie, you can say salutations, everybody Maddie here, blah, blah, blah. And you can turn that into a token and it's technically ownership for you. The cool thing about these tokens is when they're resold, you can get money. So currently when an artist sells his picture to Jeremy, me, I buy it for 10 bucks. That's it. He's done. With a crypto thing, the JPEG is online. And if I sell it again to you for $5, he gets a small percentage, which has never happened before in art. And he would forever get it. It's like royalties for MP3s. So what's happening here is fucking NBA team has these tokens which are just pictures and movies they have one that's a gif and they're selling a gif that by the way you can still have the diff gif on your computer it's just it wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to track it and say it's yours that's Mm. how little they matter they're nothing it's like it's like it's like minting air and saying this is your air yeah it's 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 a weird part sounds like trying to make money on something that you don't need to make money on like maybe i'm just uninformed but well here's the cool thing a lot of artists who get ripped off are making really good money and i'm not and so i agree with you 100 but i also agree that they should make money and there's been people who are like i've told i've toiled away never made money and i made sixty-seven thousand dollars last month admittedly it'll blow up and then yeah dude (laughs) one guy sold first picture ever he's ever sold in his life two hundred thousand dollars so that's the problem. They're blown up out of proportion. So this will go gotcha. back down, right? People will be like, this isn't worth it. It'll probably crash a couple times. But uh, I'll just say, I think they're, I love the idea of them, but I think currently the way they are, there's way too much ability for mis- misuse. It's just, Sounds it's insane. Good. You, Yeah, you can make a tweet, uh, a, a, a coin basically, and sell it and is that what well, people meant when just, they were saying you could sell tweets to kind of like a membership group or something like that? I'm a part of it to test it out. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. So any tweet I've done, I can sell my tweet. And then that tweet is owned by that person. So they could use it in advertising if they wanted. Right. And it allows for you as a creator to make money. So you get a 5,000, 6,000, you get a viral tweet. A lot of times companies, I, have you been seeing this, Maddie? So if you get a viral tweet, a company will DM you and say, Will you please say you like our company? We'll pay you 200 bucks. Have you seen that? No. That's a real thing. It's huge right now. It's <sighs> massive. So you'll see like buy cricket cell phones in somebody, they'll, they have a viral tweet and then they're tweeting a bunch of ads. That's because the company came in. But this allows wow. for you to do is the same thing, but through Bitcoin. Wow. It's, it's, it's weird technology, dude. It really it's is. Very, I, feel, uh, I feel very open uh... for i feel very old about out of that. your element yeah so do i it feels like it's like so... cell phones for an old person yeah it's so foreign yeah. to me hmm. know it all is our hey. next oh sorry Were you talking? oh you're talking hey, about... we <laughs> continue now you're good know it all is our next writing 
Do you guys have a favorite video game trailer or commercial slash series of commercial that stand out to you as being unique? And if so, what is it? Mine would have to be Halo 3 Believe campaign with several interviews. Diorama. Leading up to, yeah, leading up to the beautiful diorama. He said, beautiful ass diorama. Yep. Hmm. Series of commercials that stand out. I don't know. I don't. I, this is going to be such a bad answer. I've had two bad answers in a row. Um, I like gameplay trailers. I don't know how to put it. I don't care about anything else. I want to see the game I'm going to play. There are fun little metagames that can be baked into marketing. I thought Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 had one. Uh, I thought the Survivor 2299 had the potential to be one. And I still at times theorized that was Bethesda because it did something. It accomplished something. Um, but point being is that I like little things like that. I know there was an ARG for Cyberpunk. I didn't track that one as closely. Um, and if Cyberpunk can gain traction with that, I don't know who would. Um, but overall, I don't think I track these commercials and stuff very closely. I just, what does the game look like? And then I'll break it down. I'll look at it frame by frame. And so I could pick trailers I really like and appreciate. You know, I remember with Fallout 4, we were at a time period where... Um, you know, people expected when a game got announced, we'll see you next year and uh, we'll talk about it later. It sort of broke that cycle. And on its first reveal, it was three minutes of mm, gameplay yeah. footage. And that was just phenomenal as a longtime fan and someone who was hyped for that. So, of course, you know, Fallout Force trailer would be my answer. But anything afterwards uh, that just first time I got to see the game, I got to see the game. Uh, that's more important to me. I don't care about TV spots. I know there's a big deal for for companies and stuff, and I understand why. Um, I don't care about cinematic trailers. Um, that type of stuff just doesn't matter to me. So I can't really give a sufficient answer because <laughs> I never cared in the first place. Yeah, mine would definitely be the diorama. Like it's beyond like that. That's an easy answer. Okay. The Halo 3 one. The Halo one. All right, moving along. Cam. Hello to the wonderful trio of hosts. Sadly, it's only a duo, Cam. Hope your day has been well. With the recent Bethesda addition to Game Pass and 18 million subscribers as of January 2021, Game Pass has proven to be the best deal in gaming easily and an enormous cash cow for Xbox. But as a PlayStation gamer, it pains me to see how PS Now has been operating. The service started in 2014 and, in my opinion, wasn't even worth getting into until they allowed the ability to download PS2 and PS4 games in 2018. Even though the service has gotten better over the years and has roughly 2.5 million subscribers, it still doesn't have essential features like the ability to, say, download PS3 games and the ability to download a game on the PC client at all. My main question is, what the hell is Sony doing with their service, and what do you think the future of this service is? Hope you enjoy the rest of your guys' days. Hmm. Well, the PS3 game downloads, unless they pulled something out, which I've, I've been saying for a while that if there's a will, there's a way. They could figure it out if they wanted to, I believe. But unless they do figure a way to, then I don't know how exactly they're going to expand that service because I think part of the alluring thing with Game Pass is you have three, four now generations of Xbox to sift through in an entire downloadable library. With PlayStation, yeah. it's limited to two. Also, the streaming technology. Xbox, you get to download it. PlayStation wants you to stream some of these games. Not all of them. You can download PS4. You can download PS2. But when it was introduced, it spent years meandering in the streaming side of things. And 
I don't think the internet was really quite there yet. Um, no one wants to play a game and watch it buffer, uh, whether it's the loading symbol or just seeing it turn into like 480p. Uh, no one wants that. So I think there was just a lot of things that hurt it over time, and now they need something loud. Like you can download PS3 games to get people in because I would get in on that to see what games they had. Uh, but right now, I think with them having the PlayStation Plus collection, the uh, PS Plus games, and then their excellent exclusive library, which people have shown they're willing to pay for, part of me wonders if they care because they have so many other offerings in there. They give you, you know, the PS... Part of it's conflicting services too. You have PS Plus games every month plus the PlayStation Plus collection. So why would you want to be a PS Now subscriber, right? I mean, this is funny because I complain about it, but Games for Gold sucks ass. It's terrible. But you have Game Pass there, which almost because Games for Gold looks so bad, helps Game Pass. With PlayStation, it's the opposite. You've got PS Now which I don't think offers enough to justify its price tag. Plus, some of the games you may want to go to, you'll have to stream. Um, But on the other hand, you've got your subscription services like PS Plus that give you access to a lot of games. And, and, you know, the fact that people are getting Final Fantasy VII Remake is awesome. Or Oddworld Soulstorm on launch month. That's awesome. So they're doing a good job with that stuff. But I really think it just boils down to... To PS now operating as a kind of stagnant service for a long while, not doing much with it. Yeah, they. I mean, uh, everybody cares and can only cover so much. And Sony, I think, has shown their online inability to understand online everything from the hack and the refusal to admit the hack for mm-hmm. two years, like to fully admit it in America for two years at least, until Jack Trenton did it on threat. He says of his own job. So it's like. Wow. Uh, now, J- Jim Ryan, he might be different. So, because he's come in and he stated that, for example, he's not, he doesn't believe in backwards compatibility. So, will they spend resources on the, maybe he believes in the network? We don't know. Maybe that's where Sean Layden had issues. Maybe Sean didn't believe in the internet. Um, and they've switched places. <laughs> I just don't know. But I, I think Sony just, that's their weakness. That, well, and so my, and Nintendo. Nintendo and Sony, their weakness is that. And that's, dude, it's Microsoft's strength. That's their thing. Yeah. Like, every company has a strength. I think somebody wants some of these companies to have a strength in every single facet of business. If a company has a strength in every facet of business, they would be the only company in that business. So true. each one of them has has big issues that they need to fix. And Sony has definitely got online, man. I don't even know, by the way. I have all their stuff. I've all their subscriptions, I couldn't even tell you one thing that's on them. Not a single thing could I tell you what's on them because they never interest me. I've got them just that way. I don't have to go get them for a game or, you know, if I want coverage. For sure. Okay. Let's see. We got natural calamity next question. One, do you think developers owe fans info on upcoming games or do you ultimately think it is a courtesy and is not required that info comes in a timely manner? You are in no way, shape, or form owed information. Yeah, that's where I sit on it. It sucks, but you're not owed it. No, I agree. Question two. When the Bethesda news dropped, I feared I was was unable to enjoy it as much. I've been sick like a dog. Thankfully, my family is all coronavirus negative, especially me, both vaccines. That's good to hear. I haven't been able to keep up with the news or games at all, 
But what games did you miss because of sickness or what game did you enjoy more because of the aforementioned sickness? Thank you. I hope you gents have a mediocre day filled with nothing but borderline sadness. <laughs> Good man. Yeah, there we go. Naturals listening to Finding Duke. Uh, I have an answer that comes to mind right away. I think I've shared this on the show because we had to talk about this where, you know, your brain starts to filter out the negative shit. And um, I remember when I had COVID back in December, uh, I literally was for the first time in years just bed bound. You know, I just I couldn't go out of my room. Right. So I just hung out in my bed for many days. And um outside of going to the bathroom, what I did was I just laid down and played a ton of I the Somnium files. And it was an amazing game by the way. Really good story if anyone has not played it yet. I do recommend it if you like Zeroscape, Danganronpa. Uh it's by the Zeroscape director. So there is a lot of uh inspiration from that. Wonderful soundtrack, but point being is while it was a good game on its own, I really look back on it fondly because it's sort of, you know, we, we have those hard times in life, whether it be sickness or, or, or bad experiences or just a tough day. And sometimes a game will carry you through that. This was sort of the game that carried me. You know, it was I, I usually am on Discord almost every night with my buddies. We're laughing, talking. You know, all of a sudden I'm just in alone in my room and I'm fine by myself. I like my solitude, but I also enjoy my friends as much. But for me, just sitting by myself, it was like, you know, you had some company with this game and this cast of characters. And so it was really nice to, to look forward to that too. You know, I would sometimes read a little bit and I, I try to hold it off till night. So I had something in the back of my head to get me through the day. Cause get you, yeah. it was all, it was all I could do, man. Like I'd get up, I'd do some arm exercises for my elbow and I'd be like, all right, now what? You know, and I'd start to gradually go on walks because I had to get my stamina back. So uh, yeah, I, the Somnium Files definitely was a game that I am uh, thankful for, but I enjoyed uh, because of my aforementioned sickness, for sure. Uh, I don't remember if I was sick. I think I called off sick, though, which is rare for me. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think this is the only time ever in my life I've called off sick. But uh, ra- I, And we talked about like what games backwards compat we want. But sick, or ra- Rally Sport Championship, the Xbox game I always talk about, mm-hmm. I called off sick for three days in a row and everybody was at work because that's all i knew everybody at work so what would happen was when graveyard shift got off work they would come to my house and we would play and because i stay up all the time i would just stay up all night and the people from swing shift would come over and then the people from a shift would come over and we cycled for three days and i think i slept like two hours in three days and i (laughs) i can't remember if i was sick when i'm sick I'm sick, if that makes sense. Like, the only time I remember being truly sick in the last year or so was after PAX. And I don't remember playing anything. PAX Pox, I had. Oh, I think God. you've got PAX Pox. Or yeah. did you? I got PAX Pox. Did you? Yeah. Okay, so I've had yeah. PAX Pox and GDC STD, whatever you call it. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. That's such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That'll be a new thing. That those Yeah, those were ridiculous. But I was so tired, dude. I don't think mm-hmm. I played it. I think I watch shows mostly when I'm sick because I, I don't play games too much with covid real quick so you're saying all you could do physically because you were so fatigued for the first couple of days yeah for like it was a it was for me like the first couple of days i just kind of laid about and felt like shit and it was ass and then um after i went to the doctors they didn't know if i had covid but they put me on a, a medication and um that was like the first night i think i fired up my ps2 and I just kind of played mm-hmm. some games, and that was significant. It was like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's when you know I'm sick is when I'm not playing games. Or I'm either that or I'm really fucking tired. 
because I'll go to bed early. Yeah, right. I'll go to bed really early. Um, those are usually my, my, my calling cards. Like something might be off here because I love games. I okay, love that sitting sense. down and playing them. Yeah. So when I'm not, yeah, it's it's usually a sign that I'm probably sick or very tired. I, I, I fell asleep that... playing Halo one time, co-op, and my oh, friend man. called me up on the phone and he's like, dude, uh, you're asleep. And I'm like, what? And we had been playing. He was at his house and I was at mine. My head was down and I was running into a wall and he thought I was glitched out. Oh my god! So he called me and he's like, dude, you're glitched out or you're sleeping. And I'm like, huh? What? Mm, like, I, yeah. I played so many hours that I just collapsed in the middle of the game, which is pretty rare. <laughs> I have a friend who falls asleep in, in, in call every single night that we're on. He just ends up passing oh, out. Oh, yeah. in your Discord? Yeah. Or yeah Every you night. do you have a discord that's your friends versus yeah patron, separate right? separate that, from patrons yeah just yeah, to like yeah and yeah i've got a couple patrons that do that by the way we've got brav he's my friend brav but he that dude will just you'll hear him sawing logs you'll yeah. you'll be like why is yeah. brav in discord so we'll click in there and just like every once in a while you're like <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> that's great man i know that oh. feeling <laughs> Mac the Blade is our next write-in nearing the end here. Hey, gents, you guys are crushing it. I'm hooked on all of your podcasts. I feel like a lot of pieces are coming together for you all, so I'm excited to see where it all goes. Thank you, Mac. Number one, this is going to sound weird at first, ever had a three-way? No. No, I'm not talking about the immediate kind that comes to mind. I'm talking about spaghetti topped with chili and topped with a ton of shredded cheese. I brought this up to a few friends who never heard of it and I thought I, and thought I was nuts. I don't think I've mixed those, but I would eat that. I, that, I was going to say, because that, sounds, sounds that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, pasta with chili stuff doesn't sound bad. So to me, spaghetti is just one type of pasta. I mean, yeah. do you like chili with beans or do you like meat uh, beanless chili? Um, It depends because funny enough, the reason you asked this is the timing is great. My mom makes a turkey chili sometimes, so it has both beans yeah, and, right. and, a, and a lighter meat. Um. So yeah, I would definitely say like with the beans. I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. it offsets something. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it's funny because I don't think I have this elegant palate. I eat a lot of food that is, you know whatever. Like not I will eat anything, but to me that sounds good. I like just a smorgasbord of, of flavors, right? Just chili and pasta and cheese. It's like holy shit, there's a right. lot going on here. That's the best type of thing. So all I'm saying, Mac, is uh, give me your recipe. Number that two. doesn't sound bad. Yeah, at all. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. For those no, who know, right. don't know, rather, there is a mic lag. So I will think Carrick has been quiet and he is ready to move on. And he, the oh, mic. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you will start to talk. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. And I'm very bad at moving on. No, I you're not at all. We like to stick on topics. We do. This, is, right. this, this topic or this question is actually great timing. Can you please, for the love of God, just shake some sense into Square Enix? They just announced a remastered Legend of Mana and Saga Frontier, but they have yet to remaster some of their OG classics like Xenogears, Chrono Trigger, Bahamut Lagoon, uh, Secret of Evermore, Vagrant Story, Final Fantasy Tactics, SNES Dragon Quest series, Front Mission, and Parasite Eve. Do you think the upcoming remasters are just to gauge the market before they start remastering more reputable classics? No. I, I swear, man, I think we're onto something with what I was saying with Nintendo, right? I feel these are the, I'm pulling this out of my pocket, we're fucked right now type of things. Like, it's that yeah. type of project. Like, we need, okay, everyone wants Chrono Trigger. I, I would say most people want a re-release of that, right? It's on the DS, otherwise you got to get it on the SNES or you're fucked. 
people would buy that. People would pay tons of money for that. And Square Enix knows that. So when they're in a dire situation, I think now now's a good chance maybe you do see one because I don't think they're in a good spot. But overall, I think companies know that the high demand and sometimes immediately satiating that demand, I don't want to say it can hurt them because there is a timing to everything. But you know what I'm getting at with that is that there is yeah, a... Assassin's Creed Japan is exactly. brought up all the time. And I feel like that that's a get case out of jail where... Free card. Exactly. And I feel like that may be a case where the window was missed. They were smart to wait. But now Ghost right. of Tsushima exists, and now I saw rumors of Assassin's Creed Japan. I was like, oh, man. Like Now they're coming a year afterwards. This isn't going to look great for them. You know, They waited a couple of years too long. But most times, I think these companies are sitting on these stacks of cash. Uh, and and the, the immediate devil's advocate is, well, what a Final Fantasy VII remake. And um, that was before Avengers as well. So... It's tough to say, but I feel like most times these companies like to have the, like you said, get out of jail free card. That's the term I'll be. I believe Final thinking. Fantasy VII was created because Sony paid them a bunch of money. Yeah. That's actually... I don't think Final Fantasy. Yeah, I don't think Final Fantasy. I mean, it's exclusive and you don't hear anything about the Xbox version. That's There's true. a reason. That's true. I think that was a, a good amount of money on a launch title or close to launch, I guess. That's very, yeah, that's a very good point. That might be a big reason why. Just to talk, get you talking about Sony. Yeah, and I mean, I admittedly, like the the patch, people get confused thinking you need a PS5 version. You really don't. You just need a PS4 version, and then you say, oh, but the PS5 version, or if you play it on PS5, it might up-res it or whatever, and then we'll patch it later. We'll give you a real version. People mm -hmm. were playing Cyberpunk already on the new consoles. Yeah. Now there'll be a new version at some point, but you get my drift. Like I think Sony was probably like, dude, we want to lock that down and we want to have people talking about it in the same time frame. Not exactly the same time frame, but you know, overall in the same time frame. Also, sure. I believe the Sony PlayStation was delayed. And there's a good chance that would have all came at the same time. Yeah. My fat cock is the next write in. <laughs> I want to, <laughs> right? I, I feel I feel like I haven't said that in a while. So, <laughs> welcome back, Mafat. I want to get into the Wasteland franchise, but I tried to play two, admittedly not for too long, and wasn't into it. I love the idea of choice and consequence as well as world building. Is three much different than two? Even if it isn't, can you sell me on the gameplay? Maybe give me a couple of tips about how to go about the game. Yeah, three is a perfect sandbox game of that kind, and has mm -hmm. a shit ton of choice. Preach. You can kill one of the main bad guys, like. Or not bad guys, but one of the main guys in like the first cutscene. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh my god, man. Yeah. Gameplay wise, um, I think it's got a better flow to it because your enemies' turns all happen at once. So yeah, right. So you get control a little bit quicker. Uh, three has a lot of fucking builds, a lot of them. Uh, two also, I know towards the end has a very sharp difficulty spike. Or three does not. Three does yeah. not. Three is. I don't want to say it's easy, but it's easier, um, especially easier. if you are playing co-op. Then you can have a very diverse range of builds if you're feeding off a friend. Um, I think two is is two co-op. I don't remember. I don't. I don't know if it is. No, I don't think. I don't think Fallout. I don't think uh, Wasteland Two is co-op. Yeah. I could be wrong on that actually, but no, sure. no, no. I think three is the first one. Yeah, I think three is the first one. Exactly, and I, I feel like I would have played a, a, a ton more of two if I knew it was co-op. Right, or, of two. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, three is, was a blast with a friend. 
Um, so there is that as well. So there are some differences. If you want tips and tricks, nothing in particular is coming to mind right now, but I do have a tips video. Uh, by the way, it was sponsored by Inexile, so just keep that in mind if it matters. Um, but I did do a tips and tricks video um, just about things that you should know before you start the game. And it was stuff about stat building and allocating uh, points, uh, about how do you make a lot of money, that those types of things. So if you want more yeah. details on some of the systems in the game and the equipment and uh, characters and whatnot, then uh, definitely give that a look. But yeah, for sure, Wasteland 3 uh, has a lot of things that can pull you in much more than 2. Yeah. And also, I will say this, Wasteland 2 feels, a, and it's intentional, it gave birth to Fallout, feels a lot closer to Fallout than I think Wasteland 3. Wasteland 3 feels a lot separate, and I think it's because of its setting. So there is that too. It has yep. the same humor and themes and all that, but it manages to diverge enough, I believe. All right, we're almost there. Paco Luigi, greetings, gentlemen. Thoughts on the concept of utopias? Is idyllic paradise possible if certain rights or privileges are relinquished? What political slash socioeconomic vision could most realize this? Feel free to draw on whatever source you choose. Happy Friday, best Paco. That is a loaded question. I don't know how and if I am informed enough to really give a a super you know, definitive take on what would take a utopia, right? Um, what, I guess we could, we could bounce off each other or. I just think utopia, I mean, it doesn't make sense because you and I could live with each other, have millions of dollars and you would not be as happy as I would for whatever right reason. So utopia, it depends on if he means personal happiness because if so then you'll never have a utopia i will say i don't think politically democracy allows for utopia because democracy does allow for mob rule at time and the mob can then make it not a utopia which is what we see and have seen for years so i don't know what really i don't think there's a current um political like type that would that would be a utopia i think a cashless society would be an easier society Mm-hmm. like star trek they have a cash society about that and the, a lot yeah yeah i like the idea it's just that i also do know that people are lazy some people yeah. and would not do anything which then you're paying for them and there's got to be this there has to be you can't expect the hard workers to just work hard all the time because then it'll just all be hard workers and there's this weird thing that happens where there has to be an expectation, even in a cashless society, that somebody puts in. And I don't even know if Star Trek covered that, by the way. I don't know if Star Trek ever went that deep and said, how do you take care of the non-workers? The Because there's there's grifters. There's pieces of shit. There's drug dealers. How do you take care? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you stop those things? So it's an interesting conversation, but I don't think it's possible. Humans yeah. don't want to be happy. Honestly, yeah. And... um that mirrors some of my thoughts. I mean, I think there are obvious choices to make uh, making Better. acceptance, yeah, like a, a, a bigger priority from you know race, yeah. gender, all that stuff. I think that's really important, and um, that's all a part of being progressive. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I I talk about it with my girlfriend a ton about a cashless society because not to dive too deep into it because you look at I think the Apple CEO. Um, got a some multi-million dollar raise of some kind, but yet a lot of Apple stores had their hours increase. And 
it was yeah. interesting on how there's not really a major trickle down of something like that uh, where you see people making more money. And I'm, I'm always have been of the belief uh, that you should work for your money, but also that if you're making billions of dollars and you have the, uh, you know, it comes down to personal choice. You have the opportunity to impact the world. You should make that choice. Um, it's why I donate to a ton of charities. I don't make a lot of money, but I try to do what the good I can with that money. Um, so we talk a lot about what if, um, and I, I don't want this to sound, uh, it's not like an anti-capitalist thing, by the way, I want to make that clear. Um, but it's more so just the idea of like, Hey, what if money didn't exist and, and it didn't really rule things so strongly? Would there be a replacement currency? Would people just happily try to participate and and that participation was enough, right? Like, would I, would everyone just be doing YouTube for fun in that society is what you think about a little bit with that. And it goes deeper and deeper. So, uh, Paco, it's really hard to answer what the solution is for society itself. Uh, cause we, I, I've only played games where utopias have crumbled. Um, and so, you know what blows me away? Sorry. Yeah, no, no, quick. I didn't have more to so say. You I said was... acceptance would be the, one of the major positives, yeah. which I agree. But at the same time, Here's why I think that may not work because that should already be fucking possible. You're what saying I mean it should is, be already happening, right? Yes. Why would you care if somebody was black? Why would you care if somebody was yeah. Asian or white? Where they were from, it makes, and dude, I come from a place that, I mean, well, we have actually, we had a pretty large Asian contingent where I, because I lived on the coast and there was a lot of, um, there's a lot of people work there that were, mm-hmm. but it's like, I didn't grow up. There was, there was no, I mean, like racism wasn't a thing. It wasn't even a, th- like, it just didn't even come up. There was, and when you saw somebody, you weren't, that wasn't the first thing you thought. So to me, I guess it's alien, but I'm like, why is that not instant? I'm married I to a Chinese woman. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense that, and that's why I worry about utopia kind of stuff. Cause it's like, if we can't do it right now, when there's no reason that I can fathom that we would do it right now how would we get to that how do you get to that point do you breed them out and what i mean by that is do you just have enough babies that aren't bastards and pieces of shit that at some point somebody's not a piece of shit i just don't know if that's how long do you have to have non-racist babies should all you should we should have already been education i think is the understanding and education yeah yeah and and i mean religion's a, a big part of it because there's so many ties into negativity around that too and positively a lot of people talk negatively about religion i'm like dude i know some people who their communities are amazing in fact i was helped and i'm not religious and i was helped financially when i lost my eyesight and that was awesome because i couldn't have done it without them um there's also some there's also a lot of negativity Mm -hmm. in that and it's i don't know it just it bothers me man it makes i just think humans don't want to be happy (laughs) like how wrong we're just, sh- we're, we're dirty, shitty apes. Man. Like, I don't know. I don't mean to be too negative, but no, I get it though. Yeah. And it's, it's a deep question that, um, it's hard to answer in stride other than, you know, I think yeah. the push yeah. for more societal things, you know, could I, could I lay out like a, a, a economic plan for that and, and talk healthcare and all that <laughs> shit? Probably not, but I could tell you, be nice to your neighbor, you know, be nice to people no matter who or, or whatever they are. None of that shit yeah. fucking matters. It it never has. I, I I think it's. I agree with you. It's 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 not a a thought for some people. It for some reason is. I think it's beyond fucking trivial, and I don't understand how it even gets to that point. But 
you know, that's why we have to actively, you know, make sure people feel fight welcome against it and fight against it. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Blue is next. <clears throat> Yo, last week, Maddie was discussing Nightcrawler. And there was some confusion about his ability to teleport. According to the lore, his teleport is limited. Typically, he can only teleport to a location that he physically sees with his eyes in the moment. In a few extreme circumstances, he was able to teleport a max of two miles, but it completely drained him. Personally, I would love a Black Panther game. Wakanda and Africa in general would be a cool setting that doesn't get explored in games much. Rest in peace, Chadwick Bodeman. Wakanda forever, Coach Blue. I would love to see more Black Panther. My introduction to Black Panther was actually uh, Ultimate Alliance 2. I had not heard of that character uh, up until that point. Um, but thank you. Anyway, thank you, uh, Coach Blue, for the clarification. Now we know that a Nightcrawler game, it's possible. Could happen. Yeah, for sure. Fuck yeah. Last write-in, and then we're done here. Ivory State. Hey, y'all. Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on the teased sequel to Destroy All Humans Remake, which will likely be Destroy All Humans Remake 2. Or, sorry, Destroy All Humans <laughs> 2 Remake. Personally, as a huge <laughs> fan of the original games and a big fan of the remake, I thought, uh, for the most part, they did a fantastic job. A few things like physics were inferior to the original. I'm excited to see what the team comes up with with the sequel, and I hope they add in a bit more bonus content and things that weren't in the original, as the remake of one was pretty identical content-wise. Now, I will agree with that, but they did change a lot of the controls, and they added stuff that was in two back into, into one, one to make it play a yeah. little bit better, and I appreciated that a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I'm excited to see more. I thought they did a really good job with the remake, and I think it was priced really well. So... Out of all of the things that THQ Nordic has done, remakes and remasters, which seems to be their business, I think Destroy All Humans was, was probably my favorite. And I, once again, I, I feel bad because we've talked about Wasteland and Destroy All Humans, which last year were the only two games I did sponsored stuff for. I did do a sponsored video for Destroy All Humans Remake. So just keep that in mind. Uh, but I, I love it a lot, and I, I played a ton of it, and I purchased my own copy of the game. So I think it's really good, and I would love to see more from them. Um, and I hope they go into other pandemic games and remake those. I look, dude, Carrick. Imagine fucking Lord of the Rings Conquest. Oh my god! You know, because I understand Battlefront. That's no, that's not getting remade, or I, I doubt it's even getting remastered. But Lord of the Rings Conquest, the Saboteur. Oh my goodness, dude! Mercenaries, mercenaries. Yeah, that'd be dude, awesome. I'd kill because Just Cause showed that like overall destruction, you know, works quite well and. I would I would do just cause Matthias and all those characters where they're just primo. But um I don't know, man. I w I'm not in love I was not in love with the or with this one. But okay. I will say that doesn't stop me from wanting the second one. In fact, it never does. Like, I don't I'm not one of those guys that says move on. Like if they want to do it, let them do it and like just let them improve some stuff. I can't even remember some of the things. I, I think it was more just because it is an older game and it just didn't resonate with me, but it was priced lower and uh, a remake would be great. But I do think if they're ready to make two, I would love for them to just say we're making a true sequel. But I guess that's, I mean, em- em- Embracer Group could make 100,000 of those games without losing any money. <laughs> yeah, they could. Right? Because that's... that's you, you said it was THQ. This yeah, is THQ, THQ Nordic, Nordic right? published, and so, yeah, they're owned by Dude, Embracer. They're quadrillion trillionaires, yeah, right? They're fine. So, <laughs> what about this? GTA size world, but destroy all humans. Go nuts and... Dude, absolutely. Imagine... Are you kidding me? <laughs> 
imagine them saying we're not now admittedly he stated he's not doing this he stated very clearly that that their goal is mid-tier titles but it would be cool if one or two of the titles and mercenaries is destruction which i think could be a little boring but a destroy all humans three where they're like yo bitches we're throwing down and it's going to be an entire sit it's going to be like gta we're going to secrets and fucking things you can do and taking over people and getting jobs and pretending to be mm-hmm. human i'd i'd kill for that i don't know the other game saboteur mercenaries you i don't know play, you ever played saboteur yes mm-hmm. oh yeah, black sorry. and white remember it was yeah. black and white turned red yeah I, I like yeah i like those i'm just saying uh, sorry other than those i don't know of any oh yeah. um that 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 pop off but they're probably ip hell too I could oh, be wrong. for sure. I, I mean, that's the thing is I'm surprised. I give them credit. You know, I, I didn't think the way you feel about Destroy All Humans remake, I feel about Kingdoms of Amalur re-reckoning. I thought it was really underwhelming for its price point. But yeah. it's really fascinating that they were able to get that IP to get Destroy All Humans. So I, I believe True that, that because they, that they, IP was probably in trouble. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, I know EA had some involvement in re-reckoning and it's why the pc version was not a free upgrade and why you had to pay 20 dollars if you owned it previously um oh yeah it was because ea was involved um Mm. yeah not a good look but (laughs) it was definitely uh one of those things where i was shocked to just see these ip come back and it was really exciting um so with kingdoms of amalur i know they still have to do that new expansion which is adding new content to the game um that has yet to occur so i'm very excited to see what they do with that uh, but point being is I hope that they do dig deep and, you know, look at more pandemic IP. I think there's a hunger for something Lord of the Rings or Middle Earth related. Um, that's not that Gollum game. Yeah. I don't think anyone's talking about it. I hear about it and I see no one ever bring it up. No. And I think no offense. No. Who the, I, I fucking can't stand Gollum. I can't like I just. How do you make Gollum a playable character? How do you why do you even care about Gollum's story? Everything about it, he's a bitch. And if you yeah. make him a good guy, then it doesn't make sense. It's yeah. a bad idea. Make a normal Lord of the Rings. Remember Lord of the Rings they, every time they're just like, it's it's fake elf guy, it's fake human guy, and it's fake dwarf guy. Remember? Mm-hmm. It was never Aragorn or whatever. Yeah. So you know what? Do it again. I would like to play a gauntlet style three person battle, you know, game. Or RTS. I would love that. Yeah, just something. And so maybe they remaster Conquest. I would I would spring out of my seat. That would be really exciting. I thought Conquest was was actually as good as Battlefront in a couple of ways. But that's now, it. Oh, that sorry. is the one I was talking there, about. Sorry, the mic, that is the, the one I was delay. talking about. <laughs> Say it again. That is the one. That is the fighter, right? The the Lord of the Rings, the one you just said. That is the uh, it, like third person. Yeah, yeah, it had like the melee class, a, a rogue class, right. archer, mage. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, that yeah, game that was would be really awesome. cool. The, the yeah, the map design was much better, and some of the stuff you could do in that game just felt really good. The the stealth takedowns with the rogue class underrated. All right, now that is it. I had to pause. I'm I'm gonna I'm what I gotta do is I gotta adjust my pacing. I gotta give it an extra second and let there be some dead air to make sure Carrick is done and then when dustin's here make sure he's done so then especially on my excitable days no not even it's not on you it's on me because i'm like okay carrick's done but i i forget the delay and so i talk right over you when you're like looking to talk more which is what we want we want to keep talking but i'm like okay, all i do same (laughs) same so we thank all of you out there for listening to this episode we hope you enjoyed uh and with that 
time for us to wrap this up. So be sure to check out both of our Patreons. Carrick's got one. I have one. Support there does help out a lot, especially if we're giving you this three-plus-hour show. It's much appreciated that you uh, scratch our back a little bit. Yeah, I know, right? Check the time. <laughs> it's, it's about to be 9 o'clock for me. So it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a late oh, night over here. we started late. Yeah, we, we started, started late. late yeah. didn't we? Okay, I was like, what the hell? How? Yeah. Well, we still talked a lot. I know. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you all next week with episode 295. Peace out. Peace out.